When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it's time for a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, February 10th, 2016, alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Country. We got an action-packed show for you. We'll be talking about video game topics, some wrestling, movies, internet drama, and more. Ant Simulator. Freaking Kickstarter going belly up. Talking about Mother 3 getting a Western release. Devil's Third. We you back in stock. We told you so. We're talking about Daniel Bryan retiring. The Fine Brothers drama on the internet with their React World initiative. The Red Tube Originals. Red Red Tube? <laughs> Not the Red Tube. That would be nice. The YouTube Red Originals coming soon. <laughs> and your Q&A, Ian, what's going on? <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing, really. Um, getting the store back in order after, after a busy holiday season and... Uh, well, an employee who will remain unnamed who did a pretty good job of screwing up everything. We uh, is this like a, a like a bi-weekly bi-weekly occurrence now where there's something screwed up at the <clears throat> store that has to be dealt with? <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully that'll cease because uh, that person put on their two weeks' notice. Anyways, yeah, we were up till three thirty in the morning, um, doing just the inventories for three sixty PS three, um, Wii, and I think GameCube, and. Uh, I chuckled because at one point I checked the time on my phone and uh, I laughed and uh, my coworker asked me what was so funny. I was like, if we had decided to go out after work, uh, bars would be closing now. Just, you know, when you put things in weird perspective like sure. that, it's, 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 it's amusing. And when you're wor- working with Xbox games and trying to, t- yeah, but- <laughs> trying to c- categorize where, uh, you know, Call of Duty 1 goes. <laughs> you know. But uh, other than that, I've been playing uh, The Witness, which has been fantastic. Um, oh yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. Very good, very simple premise in terms of. I mean, it's all maze puzzles, but it's very good. And uh, I found myself suddenly uh, real hyped up for Street Fighter Five. So I uh, so I uh, I actually went and ordered an arcade stick for the PS4 for it. I'm excited about that. Oh, it's, it's Street Fighter 2's uh, 25th, 25th anniversary talking about that. We have a sponsor to talk about, though, yeah. first. I wish I could read the copy. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I, I am not allowed to read the library for some reason. You don't get to be in the know. Um, so, and now a message from our sponsor, Embraceware. Hey, guys. Jerry here from Embraceware. This is Ian. Um, we're inviting anyone interested in providing us with feedback on upcoming games we're working on to check us out at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at slash Embraceware on each. So, for instance, Instagram slash Embraceware. We post screenshots of games and apps that we have in development. We welcome beta testers, and we often give away free redeem codes. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, that was like a more condensed version of is that how long it usually is? That, that, that's been that's that that's been his his new copy. Oh, I like uh, it, I like he, it. He, well, we've used it for the past couple. He's going away from the John D'Elia. I'll write the the Bible for you to <laughs> do a library. No, no, his library is fairly. It's it's always more effective to get that punch out of the gate. Thank I'll, you, Jerry. A lot of the longer part uh, stuff was was me ad libbing. So 
uh, I went to the, uh, I, I made it to the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, and I always said that Southern California needs a Retro Gaming Expo, because that's why I think I'll do it myself in San Diego County, but this one was up in City of Industry, which is near LA, sort of like east of LA, by about 15, 20 miles or so, something like that, and uh, it went well, it was at Frank and Sons, it was, uh, what was that, like the uh, week and a half ago, the uh, January 30th, 31st, and it was great. I, I tweeted out a picture of my booth, which honestly could arrival. There was better than other video game booths were there, and especially the amount of consoles. I had no games. I brought all consoles, all my extra consoles, my RCA Studio 2, my broken Bally Astro K that powers up, uh, my Intellivision 2 in the box, which I think powered up, but no video. No one bought that in the box, but freaking extra N64 system, two extra Super Nintendo systems in the box, which honestly didn't they didn't sell, which surprised me. Uh, three extra Genesis in the boxes. I'm or really four. surprised those didn't sell. Yeah, they, they were reasonably reasonably priced too. They weren't a lot of money. Uh, I had two two Turbo Graphics in the box, which I sold one. So I, I, there's a lot more. I sold. They had a wire basket, like a four foot wire basket of broken controllers and broken consoles, and they all sold in the first day. They all sold. I was like, that's good. I would have threw them out. I sold all the EGMs that I had laying around. We're talking like 120 of a dollar each. Get rid of them. All my extra Nintendo powers I had gone, except for like maybe two or so. So I got rid of all the extraneous stuff, which you can't tell because I still have lots of crap. But all the extraneous stuff is gone for the most part. So I'm really happy about that. And plus, I got to meet everyone. Uh, it, it was really cool. I, I got to meet Saba, who uh, who was giving us stuff. I saw, uh, and the, I saw stuff. the picture. Uh, really nice. Uh, she she actually bought my Nintendo 64. Uh, sign that I got to swap. Oh, nice. I, I gave her a discount on that for being a fan of the show, and plus she had the CU Podcast T-shirt, so that was really cool to see her. <laughs> and she sent us awesome chocolates. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for making me fat, Sub. I appreciate it. <laughs> Those nice uh, Swiss chocolates. Um, <clears throat> so that was a great time. Uh, they already want me to come back. Uh, they, they want, everyone was asking about you. They wanted you to go, um, but I, I, I mean, I wanted to go really bad, but I couldn't. I couldn't close up the store just to go sell at a convention. Yeah. And I didn't have the coverage to go for pleasure. So I, I just, this year, I couldn't. Next year, yeah. sure. I mean, maybe maybe if you could sell the store stuff there, it would make more sense, you know. Load up a truck or whatever. Right. Or stuff. But, um, so they might be, they might do something at the end of May again. If they want to do, they want to do twi- two a year, which they probably, honestly, they could. Um, and we'll see if I go back there. But I had a lot of fun. I was exhausted. I, uh, I should really take off from the gym a day after these conventions. I really don't learn. Because I go to the gym the day after, I'm always dead after that. Um, other than that, the, the book's still getting close to finished up. I just got I did the table of contents, which was a bitch. Mm. Do the table of contents. I mean, at least for the games, I had all an Excel Excel spreadsheet about what page numbers. But then you got like do the dots out to the edges of the columns. There's no automated way to do that. There just isn't. Sure. There's nothing built in for that uh, to do that. So do that for you know 750 games. Um, and then I add the rest of the stuff in. So basically, at this point, I'm, I have one more page of, of stuff to add in because it has to be multiples of four for how these are, for the how, how the book is. So I'm going to put in a little little bonus page of, of junk there. And you can still pre-order it, get in touch with me, merch at thepunkeffect.com, or on my Facebook fan page, Pat the Inace Punk. There's instructions for how to pre-order still. And uh, I don't see a new flea market man has already came out. And uh, yeah, I'm going to finish the book this month. That's my big news. On to video game stuff. Ian, there has been some drama surrounding an Ant Simulator game. Yeah, so um, Ant Simulator was... I can I can actually say was um, it was, was a it was it, it was a virtual reality a VR game that was um, in development and it was 
an interesting idea that was being uh, looked forward to by you know VR enthusiasts. Um, it was being put out by uh, it was being worked on by ETSKI LLC, which was a company cre- um, headed by Eric Taranshiki and two friends. Um, he has made quite the dramatic claim today that allegedly that allegedly <laughs> um, all the money that they had for development uh, had been spent on bars, uh, strippers, uh, and lavish restaurants by sounds, by his two partners. Sounds fantastic. Um, and of course, that was countered uh, by his business partners who. Um, uh, uh, said that uh, the business partners' names are Tyler Monts and Devin Staley. Uh, they had stated that you know it was flat out bullshit was their exact answer, and you know they basically said that um, you know there, there was no way for them to really embezzle that money. Uh, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm trying not to take sides here, but it does seem a little odd. Um, the uh, Eric, the the other guy, had said that. Um, they had spent all the money, but there was no way for him to prove it because they had covered up the tracks too well. And from what I know about stuff like that is you can never cover up the tracks never. of that sort of thing oh, so no. well that you can't provide some evidence of, of wrongful spending. Yes. Um, and beyond that, they, uh, his partners said that it never happened and that the they never ran closed books. The books were always open. At any point in time, someone could open up the, the, the ledger uh, and, and, and see what money was there, what was being spent, and how it was being sent, uh, where it was being spent. And they claimed that it was, um, you know, that you know when they did go out to eat, it was a business expense. They had to feed themselves. Nothing was overly lavish. And uh, this is just, I mean... This is a perfect example of uh, of Kickstarter gone wrong. I mean, who knows where what 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 really happened here? These were three friends, right? Three Originally? friends of, they, of they eleven formed, years, and they so. formed this LLC. Yeah, they formed this LLC, and um, the his his Eric's partners, uh, Tyler and Devin, also stated that uh, um, you know he he closed the business account, transferred all the money over to his account, which then left them with no money to pay their uh, contracted workers. And, uh, I mean, honestly, it sounds to me like there definitely was something fishy going on, um, but maybe not in the way that the guy wanted you to believe. Someone's Well, this is like no gray area. Someone's lying. Yeah, someone's lying. Did they spend all the money on hookers and blow, or did they not? Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big allegation to make. And so you got to get the two guys. You got to get the two part, the two other partners separated, and see if their stories match up. But I mean, I, I, I my, my thing is, I, I strongly, I find it very hard to believe that three people running a friendly company developing an ant simulator. Uh, I find it hard to believe that two guys could cover up their tracks so well that yeah. no evidence is, is is left behind. Because he flat out says, I can't prove it. Well, if you can't prove it, you can't prove it. Yeah, according to uh, uh, Monsi, I guess how you say his name, uh, who's one of the two parties that have been alleged to have spent all this money on bullshit, he said all we needed from Eric was a playable demo. For This is for their... For, G- for PS4 dev kit. For GDC, March 2015. Yeah. He was not able to deliver a playable demo. I spent a month right after GDC getting ready for that. 
that's a big part of where our financial resources went to. All the infra- infrastructure was in place, and all we needed was a playable demo. It looks fantastic because all the great modelers and artists and stuff, but gameplay itself was taking a lot of time to get off. About four minutes is what they said they had. Of, and of that's playable not, footage. Yeah, and that's not, that's, not, that's not a playable demo. They said basically the renders and everything looked good. The game looked good. The idea was sound. Just nothing to do. But they, they, they didn't really have anything done yet, and uh, it was, you know... I think what they're implying is that it could have been because they had their assets in place from their contracted workers. I mean, you can see that you've got some pretty cool models and, and all that stuff. Yet nothing was ever well, really put into place. Let's be honest. To me, an ant simulator sounds absolutely boring as hell. I think, I think, I think I, it sounds amusing. I think honestly. it's gonna, it'll probably look cool to walk around blades of grass and see ants, but you're gonna make a full fledged game out of that. Well, I mean, they said it was about, you know, creating the colony and stuff like that. That's what they wanted to do. Um, I Look, I'm a I'm a hardcore fanboy of Sim Ant. I love that. Well, this is not a Sim, though. This is like, you are the Ant. Right. Like... No, I know. I know. But still, I feel like that's... Is that, is that Sim Ant? I don't know. I yeah. feel like there's probably something uh, workable out of this. But it doesn't matter anymore, so, and it's gone. So either you have these two... He tried to paint the picture of two sort of frat boy guys that know what they're doing and spent all the money uh, and then they, 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 the two guys saying, no, this guy was probably in over his head, couldn't deliver us a game, and, and now shut it down. and now is hiding, trying to cover his ass by painting us as bad guys. Right. Um, apparently there is going to be some, uh, the, the lead, Eric, uh, said that he or he said that there would be some announcement about refunds. Um, but this is a perfect example of what I think we've all, we've all talked about on here a few times, and I've definitely said... Um, Kickstarter is not a guarantee. I understand when people get upset when Kickstarters go south or they take forever, like Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, but you are putting your money into an in- you you are you are financially backing a project. There's no guarantee that that project is going to get finished. There's never been a guarantee that that project is going to get finished. People need to stop putting money in, expecting that they're going to get. I mean, yes, you should expect to a a very reasonable degree that you're going to get what you put in, but Everyone needs to know that that there's that risk involved, that there are teams that aren't quite as together as you might think, like this Ant Simulator team, who just completely, one way or another, they've screwed it up. And uh, people have got to be pre- a bit more careful. It's not it's not uh, a shopping market. The only thing I would say was uh, Eric Tereshinky, who was the guy actually developing the game and the gameplay, uh, he is, I mean, if this was a small company and they are expensing out business lunches or meals, which these two guys do admit they actually did, maybe that money could have been spent elsewhere. But to go from that to saying they blew all the money on, on strippers yes. and everything else, that's when it's like, okay, now you need to back that up. You you need to, I mean, that's where, like, there could be litigation for, like, slander involved. Because you can be ruining oh, yeah. these guys' career. I'm not saying they didn't do it, but if they did it, you got to be able to back it up. You can't just come out and say that. Uh, like that, you know. So, because I mean, the campaign wasn't that m- much money. It was forty four hundred dollars. So that's not that's not enough money to make a game like this. From what I understand, they had a uh, well, and the the two part the two other partners said they invested they invested um, five thousand. There was another uh, smaller investment from one of Eric's friends, and that Eric had uh, invested a, a very sure. small amount. So yeah, there's not a ton of money there, and they didn't have a huge budget, but I, I still. But see, that's my thing. With a budget that small, it is very easy to run out of that money by but, spending it on development resources. But at that point, a budget that small, you can't make the game anyway. I mean, where's that? I mean, you can't make a, a, an answer with that they, for four thousand. They ended up using that Kickstarter to form the company. 
I, who knows where they were getting? Yeah, who knows where they were getting? Trying to who knows where they were actually it's, thinking they'd get the money to do this? It sounds like these three guys don't know how to run, obviously don't know how to run a business. They're forming the LLC before they even get get a game demo going. You know what I mean? Like that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, why did you need an LLC before that? To protect yourselves from what? You know, put out the game. Put the resources for the game. If you if you're really friends and you can trust each other not to screw each other over, but apparently they couldn't. So there you go. Don't go into business with friends. I guess is what the, uh, the podcast sort of running theme throughout the years has been. Yeah. So they've done this before, I think, but um, I wanted to touch on it because I find this fairly interesting. Um, they they they've announced uh, they they've released num well not numbers but a ranking of which amiibo have been the most popular in various countries. So to give it a quick rundown, um, you know Japan's uh, the first three are the Splatoon ones: Mario, Classic Mario, Modern Mario, Isabel Kirby, Green Yon Yoshi, Digby. Um, I'm not gonna go through all these. North America's top three are Link, Bowser, and Toon Link, um, and then Europe has got Classic Mario, Link, and uh, the squid and what i want to mostly focus on here is is the the japan um top three which are the girl uh from splatoon uh the standard squid and the boy from splatoon and why i think this is interesting is um this is a new property by nintendo mm -hmm. utilizing a, a, a that is basically in a genre even though it's it, it's it, you know it, it kind of tosses it on its head, a genre that is not usually popular in Japan, which is the over-the-shoulder third-person shooter. You know, I mean, you know, online multiplayer, like that sort of team-based, that sort of thing. That does not strike me. That that's not a that's never seemed like it's a very popular thing in Japan. So to see Nintendo release an entire line of toys that covers all of their classic characters. Mario, Link, Kirby, Princess Peach, all of these very popular, famous characters, and you've got your trio of Splatoon amiibo at the front. And I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting because it shows that there is um, uh, there there is uh, maybe maybe a change in, in in taste or at least an openness to try new things. And I think it it might encourage Nintendo to continue trying new IP. Well, it, it will definitely show that this IP was a smashing success. Oh, it's yeah, it 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 it, it did nothing it, but good things for it, Nintendo. It's their most important new IP in probably a decade. Uh, I'm trying to remember the numbers, but it's it's sold over a million copies just in Japan. I mean, that's, that's a lot for that, just Japan. That's a lot for just Japan for a third-person team-based shooter. And you, and you figure here it was it was more than that, a lot more, you know. So, um, no, that's good. And obviously, now they have every every new console, they can have a Splatoon game. There you go. And I look forward to that. That'll be one more. You know, you have your. Obviously, you're going to have a Mario game or two on each console. You got a Zelda game in each console because finally, this year, later this year, you're finally going to get the, the Wii U uh, Zelda game. You're going to have a Smash, year. you're going to have a Cart, you're going to have a Zelda, Star you're going to have a Mario, a Star Fox, and now a Splatoon. You're going to have like six big IPs. And you're always gonna have like a one-off. I mean, a Samus comes back around. Uh, every sure. other, every other console. Just about. <laughs> I know she's been in every console, but not Wii U yet. Yeah, but, you know, she's well, been there. I mean, in the Smash games is about. As yeah, good. so you have like seven big IPs that you can count on, but this is totally different from the others. Right. It's their only, their only shooter. If you don't count, eh, Metro's our only shooter. I mean, eh. you know, like this is a pure shooter. Uh, so uh, I think it's interesting though, is that. In North America, that you don't even have a making the top ten. 
the squid people or the squid themselves, the squid kids. Which is funny because it, it's it's done fantastically here. But um, and honestly, for the money you're going to spend on an amiibo, um, while they all, I, I've always seen the amiibo it, sculpts are awesome, so they look nice regardless. But the these um, Splatoon amiibo gave you more bang for your buck. Like, in terms of how they interact with the game, they unlocked bonus missions, which got you bonus gear. Like, they did more than any other amiibo. Could it be some sort of cultural thing where Japan's going for the cutesy characters more than here? It's like the, what looks, I don't know, cooler or what's edgier? Because we got Link and Bowser and Toon Link and Mewtwo. I, I actually think I actually think the, U, the U.S. top is, is weird. Um, I would not have... I mean, the Bowser sculpt is awesome looking, but I would not have figured Bowser would have been, like, number two. Like, Link makes sense. I mean... Uh, the two lists are totally different. There's almost no crossover on the list. We, we in the U.S., I mean, for the majority, love Zelda. I mean, adore it. And I think that makes sense. But um, for as popular as Splatoon has been, for it to not be in the top ten, I don't know. Maybe it was because the original three-pack was so hard to get at, at launch, but they've they've since... Released them um, separately. Could so. the list could the list be because of availability in regions? Could that be because even the Europe one is different? But 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 Link is number two at least in Europe and one in North America. But like Classic Mario is number one in Europe and it's like seven in North America. So it's like they they're not really lining up. Toad makes the list in, in Europe but never no nowhere else. For example, it's it's just weird. It is. Uh, so I don't know. But I I can say this as weird as it is I did see one about two months back that was kind of the similar thing and the squids were at the top of Japan so oh. I mean that that's been constant I'll look forward to playing it this year you should it's great I mean you're gonna have a massive game to play when you finally do too because all the updates are in maybe competitive uh competitive squid kid all right. <laughs> hyper competitiveness all right so this is interesting and i think people this is kind of this, this is kind of clickbaity definitely uh mother 3 will finally get a western release no that's that is not guaranteed although um <laughs> i would i mean i would love to see that happen click off fans. now everyone for fans of the series i'd love to see that um happen um uh the, the but all we're working with here is uh sources uh from twitter uh, Emily Rogers' account, which is no longer there, and said, "Don't be uh, surprised to see Nintendo celebrate <laughs> something on the 10th anniversary uh, of a release in Japan." That doesn't that that doesn't fucking say anything. That doesn't that, does, that doesn't say that they're going to release it here. That means nothing. That, that that means that she said they're probably going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Mother Three. You just glossed over the fact that her, Emily Rogers was a source and her account's gone now. Yeah, it said her account. Did, did Nintendo gone. offer? <laughs> did I don't Nintendo know. go after Probably. For, for, for news that was not even, it was very obtuse prediction? Yeah, don't be surprised if Nintendo celebrates a game's 10th anniversary this year. Nintendo tipster Emily Rogers wrote before posting a picture of the mother character Kumatora. Her account has now been deleted. Nothing about that statement implies that they are releasing that game here. Nothing. No. Nothing about it. Nothing. It's it's insane. Nintendo Un- tipster Emily Rock. How is she a tipster? Is she does she have the inside skinny on Nintendo news? Is she's like running around at Nintendo's headquarters with like a you know like a, a news hat on? Yeah. You know, the old the old micro uh, micro cassette recorder. But you know, Eurogamer has heard that it's going to be released via the Wii U Virtual Console to celebrate Mother 3's tenth anniversary. 
um, in Japan. But see, this is all stuff that it, it, I don't feel like this says the U.S. Um, and then another source confirmed uh, Mother 3 was in the final stages of localization at Nintendo of Europe a little while back. Well, now, it makes sense that they would want to do this because they did release Mother 1. Mm-hmm, that was they, big. And they did 2. And, I mean, you know, and people love this series here. I mean, it's gotten a lot of notoriety, so it makes sense to see three. Um, but as, uh, I think it I think it, it was my friend Frank um, who, who kind of pointed out that... Not my friend. Um, no. That uh, the, the original Earthbound had a full translation. The original mother. It just never made it over here. Mm-hmm, so for them to clean up the code and do a virtual console release... Not a big deal. Um, uh, Mother 2, Earthbound, actually did get a release here, so yes. no problem. Throw that up on the VC. Um, but but Mother 3 needs a full translation, and they, from what I heard, there's that great fan translation that Tomato did, but Nintendo's going to want to do their own translation, and that's going to take time. So I'm not doubting that they're going to do it, but there is a reason why the other two like, made it up, because like it was easy. If they just cribbed the ones already out there. Well, who knows? I just give them a little bit of credit, or you know what? They don't have to give them credit. It's their words. It was just translated. Yeah. You know? So, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked because I'm, I'm guessing the other one sold well. Oh, it, said, it, said that, it says down here that uh, mother, uh, there was very positive sales and critical so, response to the Mother 2 Virtual Console release. So, I'd like to believe it's going to happen, uh, and it definitely seems more viable now than it did a year ago when everyone said yeah. it was never going to happen. But I don't take this as a confirmation. No, it's not a confirmation, but it makes sense. Just because, I mean, it's not like... I think Nintendo, as you can see, has already shifted focus to what's next, NX, perhaps. And they have only, like, probably two major releases left on the Wii U and Star Fox and Zelda yeah. and after that maybe, maybe they lo- maybe they looked at 20 or 2016 and they were like there's nothing else we ain't got much yeah, so let's do it this will be an E3 announcement or whatever there you go you know, like- because when you put it that way even the undertaking of, of translating it is a lot easier than um, creating a whole new game yeah, you know, th- and it's something that'll keep it, it'll make fans happy. It'll give them a reason to hold on to their Wii U's a little bit longer. They can do. They can translate this in a week. They can hire someone to translate and just pop in the the words. I mean, that's. I, I think. That's I, I, I think you're underestimating just a little bit. No, I don't think so. Um, but anyways, maybe 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 a week and a half. Over to you, Pat. <laughs> right. So this was interesting, and you know. We we think we can stop talking about GameStop, but why? There's just too much fun. It's like beating up your little brother. I don't think it's. Oh, I, I, I just it's so boring to me at this point because it's like it's, it, it's lost its shock value. It's no, but it, it, it's a the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, and I just, and, I, I feel like it's it's good that we keep putting it out there. And they're punching themselves in the balls because they could limit their trade ins what they're selling to. First of all, what they know about, which at this point, who knows what they know about? We don't know. Nothing. But they can limit their liability by only taking in titles that are more common or at least aren't worth hundreds of dollars. But they've gone against that route and now have done DuckTales 2 and done other big titles, have done Earthbound, I think. And But this is the one that takes the cake. Because we talk about uh, scumbag sellers maybe doing this with, with cartridges that... Well, this is like the Conkers that we saw in the red... Yes. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. So this was alerted on Twitter, and the image off their site has already been taken down because it's no longer it's available. It's a fucking embarrassment. But it was company. available. Yeah. 
There was a Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut, one of the hardest to find and most valuable N64 games, with a blue cartridge shell. People, it's gray. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like a baseball game or a Tony Hawk game with a different colored shell. There is no such thing as a blue Sculptor's Cut game. Nope. So... The image was not a stock photo, because I don't know where a stock photo... Usually stock photos come from an image of the actual item, and they're accurate. Yes. So there'd be no blue clay fighter sculptor's cut that that exists for a stock photo. They took a picture of, of this trade hat. Of, of a blue clay fighter sculptor's cut that was traded into one of their stores and accepted by one of their dumb employees. That's what happened. I think... But then they put it online... And either they sold it to some unwitting fool that didn't realize they were getting a decent deal at two twenty five pre owned sculptors cut, or Only if you're part of the power up rewards program, or maybe. exactly, thank you, or two fifty, or they got embarrassed by us or anyone else tweeting it out that this is ridiculous, and then decided, wow, we just got screwed out of, of uh, you know a hundred dollar trade or whatever. We got to take this down. Yeah. Either way, it's just we had another example of GameStop not knowing. That you know, maybe we should have a guide or reference for these higher end titles for our employees. It's so they don't make us look like idiots week after week. Oh, so dumb! I think one of the biggest when they announced that they were doing this, I had all all of these doubts. All of these doubts. Uh, and, and there were people who were like, "Wait and see, wait and see." Well, we did. We, 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 we've waited. We've waited. We've waited six, seven, yeah. eight, nine months. Right. Um, but I did think one of their better ideas was the initial statement that they were not going to deal in the higher end games. Yes. And whether it's greed or just utter stupidity, they've they've disregarded that and now they've just found themselves in a fuckload of trouble with all sorts of rare stuff. DuckTales 2, The Conkers. The Chrono Trigger the, that sold maybe twice. twice the Chrono Trigger <laughs> with the wrong label that sold twice. Um the sculptor's cut. It's just it's 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 wrong label. It's the wrong game. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but they, they but the, the it was obviously a repro oh, label yeah. too. Oh yeah, that too. So, uh, so I, I saved the picture. So if you see below here, this is the the blue <laughs> sculptor's cut. Yeah. So it's uh, just fun. It's just fun times for all. But it is getting less fun punching GameStop the more these get brought up because at this point you expect them to be. Messed up. Well, that's what I said. It's lost. It's it's lost. It's, it's lost. Its, it's love and feel. Like. Yeah, we got to switch positions. Um, this is <laughs> not literally, but yes, this is no yeah. longer working. <laughs> so, but next, this is a this is a not not only uh, we told you so, but damn, I'm glad we told you. Yeah, so I I love it when things work out. I'm gonna this lose way. my so, pants right now. For this uh, topic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Devil's Third on the Wii U is back in stock on Amazon for yeah. the normal retail price of fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, and uh, anyone, another print run, another print run, and anyone, imagine that they did another print run. Uh, anyone who would like a copy of this awful game can now get one for fifty nine ninety nine, and you don't have to pay a scalper ninety to a hundred dollars or more. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, their 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 get rich quick scheme uh, backfired again, and fuck them. Fuck them hard, do, 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 do. and it, it's it's timely that this uh, comes up and is mentioned because um, it's like we always say: these games are in production; they're fresh, even if they're not currently being pumped off the the, the, the assembly line. Yeah. They can do another print run. Yeah. So um, I had noticed that uh, copies of Bayonetta two had started to reach eighty, ninety, a hundred mm-hmm. bucks. People were starting to scalp it. 
And uh, uh, apparently, as of today, I don't know how old the news is, but someone tipped me off to the fact that Bayonetta 2 is going to get another print run. Nintendo's so, not stupid. They're looking at this stuff. Yeah. They looked at the Amiibos and saw they were selling like hotcakes. They were a little slower on that, but they said, hey, we got to make more of these, they and they did it. They still fixed it. Yeah. They still fixed the and problem. They, and unlike Amiibos, these are easy as hell to reprint. Hey, 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 Bob, go print 10,000 more uh, Bayonetta 2s. Yeah. Okay, Bob. Yeah. There's two Bobs working <laughs> There's there. There's two Bobs. And by the next day, they're done and shipped out. And that's how quickly this stuff is. To one's ship actually out. just named Bob, and the other one's full name is Robert. Ro- okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a third Bobby, but you know he's a little <laughs> in the head. He's a little slow. Anyway, so what's funny about this is that not only that this is dumb to scalp something that it's one thing to scalp something that is in demand, like those like uh, Majora's Mask 3DS, you know, whatever sets, which aren't going for as much as they were. But at least that's in demand. This is a shitty game. Right. That you're trying to artificially inflate the demand by jacking the price and trying to get an ember lit under the asses of those 14 Wii U collectors. Well, the problem is this. People look at... When you look at a lot of, like, rare games that historically go for money, a lot of them are shit. They're just not fun. And some handful of idiots went, this game is getting a low print run because it sucks, so we're going to buy these up, we're going to sell them at a high price, so that in 10 years, and we already talked about how dumb, because the appreciation of value doesn't make any sense on this either, in 10 years, this game's going to be worth $500 to a person who wants every Wii U game. Sure. And it's just not. The video game industry has changed. These, you know, these companies, whether it's Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, they look at this stuff and they go, okay, we should pump out even if it's another 5,000 copies cost them to meet, meet demand. It's yeah. costing them less than a dollar each to make these games. Yes. They're not exactly. in that bulk. It, they, it doesn't cost them anything. They can take the risk. Yeah. They've already got everything. They don't need to do 10,000, like you said. If they determine the market has needs 5,000, they can yeah. literally just print off 5,000. And then they can wait and do 5,000 more in two more months. Yeah, and they're not going to lose. They're, they're, they're this, not isn't how, this isn't games 20 years ago. Where there was no real... I mean, and there wasn't a secondary market. Yeah. Or, or Funko Land. They, they, they couldn't track it. This, they can go online. Oh, wow. People are buying these for 100 bucks. Let's print more out. And we'll take the money. Yeah. Robbie. We'll Robbie. <laughs> Let's print them out. So what's interesting about this is that if you go on eBay, if you go on Amazon, there's still people trying to sell them for 90 bucks new. It even says fulfillment by Amazon, which I think is funny because that means they're in the Amazon warehouse next to all the ones Amazon themselves are selling for $30 cheaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so those are going to collect dust while the Amazon ones just gets them out there. But this also means that the demand is now gone. Because yeah. now, I feel bad if you spend 120 bucks, but you're honestly, you're dumb. You're dumb for this, if you did. Because... Uh, the demand's dead because now, if all of a sudden you know they're not in demand anymore, the value's done. Well, and there was a there was a Q and A topic, and I, I just felt like the answer was um, a friend of mine, but the answer seemed a bit too obvious. But it touched on you know why why do reprints uh, you know lower the value of a game? Well, because it's a reprint. One, I mean, as soon as there's more supply in the pool, uh, no one gives a shit. People on eBay still don't know. They're I, someone should just do a ninety nine cent. Buy now ad saying, do not buy any of these. Buy them at your local Walmart or Amazon or GameStop when they come in. <laughs> so remember the guy, the was he a scumbag seller of the week? He might have been. Uh, yeah, I think he was. So he he had like 12 to 14 of these. Remember we talked about it like a yeah. month or two ago. Someone calculated out his profit, He and, and they put in like the amount of ta- sales tax he probably paid. Plus the loss the of loss, percentage the on lo- eBay. The loss of percentage on eBay and PayPal, which could be 12% or more. 
he thinks if he sold, I think he had one more copy left, this guy told me. If he sold that last copy at 60 or $70, he would have gained about $112 only at that entire venture. $112 to sell 14 shitty games. And that's the other thing. These, these idiots don't actually think about the profit in the end. They, they don't think they, about their time doesn't they, matter, they're, apparently. They're, or right. their gas money to go somewhere and pick them up. My time is valuable. Maybe yours isn't. I realize that there are some shit scalpers out there who probably get lucky and hit it big with a couple of things and sure. may turn a decent profit. But I, especially now as time goes on, I I really think that a lot of these scalpers are realizing they're not making anything. What I'm hoping no. is this will just. I hope people. I hope people see stories like this and scalping scalpers just get discouraged by the fact that we can track sales data and companies can see that sales data. And if more need to be put into the market, that company is going to make that money. They want to make that money, yes. and they're going to put it in the market. And the scalper can fuck off. And anyone who's got a brain cell can just be patient and wait a couple weeks. They've and, already and, they've already destroyed the Wii U collecting. I mean, that's Wii U. Yeah. The, the amiibo collecting markets take a huge hit, right, in terms of the price. I would imagine. Well, and like, and then there are, there's even people out there like Yacht Club Games who put out the uh, the, the Shovel Knight Amiibo, mm-hmm. and it was really cool of them because they said, hey, right off the bat, they announced on their webpage, first run of these is going to be pretty damn limited, but we're definitely putting out more. Yeah. To keep, so, like, don't fucking buy, I mean, they basically straight up said, don't buy from a scalper. I wish Nintendo would do that. Maybe in the future they're going to do that. Yeah. With stuff like Amiibo. But even the Amiibos, they start to do more print runs of the hard to fun ones, like, like Wii right. Fit Trainer, things we're, like that. We're going to sell out, yes, and then we will have more in a couple months. Be patient, people, with your yeah. money. Sit tight. Be patient for your shitty Wii U game that you had never bought had you heard that it was limited. Because now, if you spend 130 bucks on it, you're out 70 bucks. You're actually out 130 bucks because you would have never bought it to begin with. <laughs> you're actually out of all your money. And in, tw- it's all year- gone. and in a year, your game's only worth 40 bucks or less. You know. So, uh, this was interesting because I had not heard of this happen before. I know in games like. WWE games where, like, when CM Punk's there, they don't show the entire uh, Cobra logo on his arm because that they're makes afraid sense. of trademark. This doesn't make sense. This is odd to this me. Is in, this is in, really weird to me. So a tattoo company, uh, Solid Oak Sketches, fought a lawsuit against Take-Two Interactive and Visual Concepts. Uh, they're developers of NBA 2K16. Because there's a lot of uh, a lot of basketball players that have a lot of tattoos. Like mm-hmm. LeBron James and others have, like, they have, like, full sleeves. They have tattoos in their chest. And so they're claiming that there is at least eight tattoo designs, including a cloud and dove design on LeBron James' forearms and butterflies on Kobe Bryant's arm that are infringing on its copyrights. This is weird for a couple of reasons. Well, I never knew that that I never knew that a tattoo could be copyrighted. My knowledge of it was that when you get a tattoo, it's like when I commission a painting yes. or a drawing. It becomes yours. You do it, I buy it, I own the copyright, it's mine now. Right. I have the right to do whatever I want with it. Exactly. So these players, when they enter into deals with, with their uh, players' association and those deals uh, with the NBA, and then for these games, they license their likeness for use in the games and get money for it. Right. That includes everything, including my eyeballs, my skin, and if the tattoos are on there, I'm giving you per- tacit permission. Mm-hmm. That's why this is really strange. Unless Solid uh, Oak Sketches went out beforehand. And copyrighted all these images before so like drawing they, them onto they, them. They picked a f- basically they drew up a bunch of flash, which is the stuff that you just kind of go and like pick off a wall. Unless they registered these copyrights, right? So if they did all these flash, registered these all, and then 
you know, uh, LeBron James, and I can't imagine he would, but LeBron James walks into a tattoo parlor and goes, that one, and then yeah. gets it put on his arm, then I could maybe see this being but a thing. But it'd have to be copyright still. Like, yeah, It'd have still. to be copyright, because otherwise, what are you going to say, every tattoo shop that has a freaking shitty tribal tattoo, they have a copyright over that? No. That's not how it works. You know, because then well, they can sue someone for walking around, you know, with a tattoo. That's basically what, what they could do. So they're seeking $150,000 per reported infringement. This is just really si- silly. And they've tried it before, um, well, according to this article. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so Solid Oaks Lawsuit is not the first uh, tattoo designer involved in a video game. Tattoo artist Victor Escobedo sued the now-defunct THQ. This is insane. For $4.1 million over a tattoo he designed for UFC fighter Carlos Condit in UFC Undisputed, he ended up getting $22,500. He got way less than what he asked for, but he got way more than what I feel like he should have because of exactly what we just said. It specifically says in this article, he designed it for that fighter. So once again, isn't that like art? I commissioned this. I can use it how I want. Yeah, and then, well, you, uh, THQ probably paid the 22000 They probably figure it'll cost the lawyers more to fight it. You know what I mean? And we're going to win, but it'll cost us more. So we'll just pay him, and his his lawyer probably gets a cut, so he probably gets, like, whatever, so 60% there, of that, or hey, I don't know. So there's uh, probably no legal ruling on this. They were just like, no, here's money, go but away. it's important, though, that they fight this. Uh, I, I guess it I, sets precedent, yes, right? Yes, I'm actually on the side of big AAA games on this, because this is a frivolous lawsuit. They have to fight this because then no one can go after them in the future right. for something like this. Or another company. You have to fight it once. So it's just really silly. Really just silly. So there is a video game collection uh, currently up on eBay uh, asking $98,000. And it is... Or best uh, offer. Or, or best offer. Or buy it now. And it is almost entirely systems. Box systems. Uh, boxed, boxed systems. Supposedly all new and boxed, all, all new and boxed, never used. It's an impressive collection, and it is. Uh, I mean, reading through it, it's like tiring, and then you think you get to the end, there's, and then there's more. There's, um, a, there's about what do you say? About a hundred, hundred shirt, about a hundred or hundred and twenty. Easy. Say. But uh, what makes this? Do you want to run through some real quick? So, I mean, I'll just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention some of these. So some are new and open box. Some are new and box. Um, so we've got, um, you know, Nomads, we've got Jaguar CD systems, we've got, um, Game, uh, some different Game Boys, we've got 3DS XL. Yeah, we've got, uh, Tetris bundles, we've got Gold Star 3DO, Panasonic 3DO, um, we've got a couple of GameComs new in box. Odyssey 500! Yep, um... Bailey Astrocade Sealed Factory Shipping Box and Television 2 Computer Module. New three, NES, an open box. Three Neo Geo Pocket Colors. Um, Game Pikachu, Bo- N64. All the Game Boy Advance SP Limited Editions. Game Boy Color. Um, some Odyssey stuff, and then some random games that he, he has at the bottom. Original Manabox Odyssey games, though, like the, the add-ons, like Fun Zoo and Handball. Yeah. And then, and then there's like only seven or eight random NES and Super Nintendo games for some reason. Like Blackjack on the NES. It's just funny to me. Out of all those things, is NES Blackjack. So, um, all of these are never used and new in box, is what it says in the description. Most of them. No, it says all of these are never used and new in box. Oh, okay. Some say qualify. We'll get into that. Um, so, 
That's interesting, but it's still okay. It's an eccentric video game collection, but it, it's it's not as weird until you factor in the fact that many of these are quote unquote slab. These are, a lot of these have been VGA graded. Yes, and that's in bizarre a, in, to in, me. In acrylic boxes surrounding your system that you cannot open easily. Yeah, so basically they're n- not usable. So it also makes them protective. They're also a lot heavier. They're a lot. They're also bigger <laughs> because of that acrylic. Um, it's just it's it's strange. Uh, I mean, you are buying a significant amount of space essentially if you pick this up. Space for systems that ideally you're not supposed to open. Um, if you really wanted to open these and use them, you could probably put this collection together close to cheaper uh, because you're not paying for the VGA tax. Um, it, I mean, we've talked about before, I hate the VGA grading. So I think it's strange that it's in, it, it's inflating this. So this has got to, this is also going to go to a very specific type of collector who likes to look at the stuff more than they like to use it in any way, shape, or form if it's going to be trapped in a box. Sure. I mean, I don't even want to even get into this Price is Right or uh, I have no clue. I don't either. For for sealed systems, I mean, I know the value of, of, a, of a new NES system is because I have one and... It's below a thousand. It's between six hundred and a thousand. The a new Pikachu. I just sold one. I had one. They run about five to six hundred. Sure. That's the range. But some of these, like the Game Boy systems, I have no idea what they would go for new. And are there a lot of Game Boy Color Kiwis out there that are new? I have no clue. Sure. I've never looked. So my, but my argument against a price this high. Obviously, he's setting it probably higher as he wants to. You have a very, very, very limited number of people. That would even spend half this amount of money to get this stuff, because you know why? A lot of it's graded, and that's a turn yeah. off. It's a turn off to some people. Well, that's what I was saying. Big I mean, you, I mean, you, you, when you're selling half of it graded, those people aren't going to be able to use those. And I know a lot of people don't use their box systems, but they have the opportunity to. When it's VGA graded, you are breaking the seal on what you paid a premium on. Yes, yeah. thus, thus making I, that extra money you spent worthless. And and this this price, you're not going to have a uh, someone trying to break this up into lots and no, he says it. He says, oh, I guess you're, yeah. I was going to say that's going to be impossible because of the price. And again, you're going to have to then get top dollar for all this stuff and find someone that. How many people want a slabbed Odyssey 500? You know, how many people want an Odyssey 500? I mean, I have one probably in the garage, but how many people want it slabbed? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, even in the in the off chance you want to use it, some of this stuff obviously you couldn't. And then this is even crazier. Although I I kind of agree with it. If this is actually going to go through, uh, you have to go. You have to actually visit and see it for yourself. Um, if you want to buy it, you mean? If you want to buy it, you well, have it's to. pickup only. So you got to be in Westbury, New York. Oh, he's, he, well, he said he would. It says in the description he would work on shipping. He would really prefer not to. But you have to. He says that you have to go see it before you can bid or buy bid on it or <laughs> buy it. Um, and I guess that makes sense with something like that. You don't want to get someone who's like, okay, I'm buying this, but we really need to work on shipping. Okay, here's the shipping, and then complain about all the, the condition. I think I think this is a good telltale sign for, or at least cautionary tale for, what type of collector you are. And not that you should always think about, would someone want my shit when I don't want it anymore, but how much trouble will I have to get rid of my shit? Well, yes, and this is the other thing. How much trouble and effort did you... Spend how many years? How many of how many? How much uh, man hours did you spend? How much of your life did you spend putting this collection together? Now, if you spent 
let's i mean if you spent an you know that that amount of time and you kept it and you were happy with it and you were proud okay. of it that's one thing but if you're selling it off that's entirely wasted time i'm not, I'm not even going that route cuz everyone gets rid of collections eventually some of my collections eventually go and honestly it, uh, probably 90% of this was off of ebay so he probably just had saved searches and just did it my argument is how much wasted money did you to fucking grade all these systems you spent oh sure how much thousands and thousands of dollars to grade this shit? Just think of this shit. And shipping. you have an edit, and the, not even counting the shipping. <laughs> if it costs 45 to, what is it, $60 to grade a single NES game in the box for a game. So multiply the, the, the amount of acrylic and time and for that for a, a, a box Pikachu N64 system is going to be at least four times that. Sure. I'm, but I'm you're talking saying, like. You're talking potentially two to $300 for one console to do this, potentially, for a bigger one. Not another own possibility, hundred and fifty at least plus shipping. I, I guess. I mean, we're we're just guessing at this. I'm point. just saying a game's like fifty bucks. Okay, I, but what I'm just saying is before you even factor that in, the shipping would have killed most people just sure. to get all these items out to VGA so that, grading. So that money's gone. That's a problem with the VGA grading. It's it's a very niche market, especially for once once it's a niche market for games for systems. I don't know anyone's ever been interested in VGA graded consoles personally. No, this is actually the first time I've heard of it. No, I, I've seen it before. But I, I, I've seen it, but I don't know who's interested in it. No. Because of all the reasons, the aforementioned reasons. And plus, it doesn't automatically jack the price up. Which you assume, oh, I have a graded, uh, I don't know, a, a graded Magnavox Odyssey 200. Uh, they're usually $50. Now I think it's 150 Why? Because that's the extra money you put into it? Because you put the extra $100 to get it graded into it? Right. Do you also want the shipping costs on top of that recouped? That's a question to ask. Is yeah. that part, part of the inflated price? Right, is that, That's a question to ask. These aren't comics being graded. There are, you already know are worth tens of thousands of dollars that, all right, it makes sense to protect them and get them graded. You know, because that's what the market is. Yeah, you, you, This you, is not what the market is for these. You're pulling You're pulling a value out of your ass based yes. on the fact, because there is no, there's no history to yes. this. When you grade a comic or something like that, there's already established value for that grade. Right. On a scale that's already obviously established for for decades. For games, it's who the hell knows. What the hell? What's the difference between a, a Sega Game Gear, a, a Columns Bundle, VGA 80 versus 85? I have no clue. I have no idea what the value difference is. It's not established. You know. So, uh, I wish this guy luck in selling this out. But I don't know who's going to be interested in this. I just don't. I don't know. What, I don't know. It's a very specific niche collector set. And, of, of course, at that price... All new in box is going to cost you. Would this guy even take sixty percent? Would, would he take like sixty two thousand dollars? You know, would that be unreasonable? I don't think it'd be, but maybe to him it would be. Probably all his time and effort. Probably depends on why he's selling it. I Could mean, be. he probably doesn't need the money if he's done this, and he's not going to break it up. Only has a full set, so. Yeah, like I said, you're buying a large chunk of space. I mean, that, that that's the other thing. You are really limiting your buyers now because now you have to have someone with a house big enough to take all this in. And obviously tens of thousands of disposable income. Yep. Our next story is a little bit sad. Uh, game trailers been around for like, what, 13 years? Were they, when did they yeah, start? Yeah, 13 years. 2003? We're talking pre-YouTube? We're talking... We were still in Internet 2.0, I think. Back yeah. then, when like you saw QuickTime embeds as your viral videos. Oh God, yeah. I'm serious. Like I know, I know. You, yeah. When you shared viral videos, it really was like shared on emails. Mm-hmm. This is before Facebook. This is before MySpace got big. You know what I mean? This is for all that. This is live you journal know. era. Yeah, I don't even use that. You know what I mean? 
Friendster. You know, like, yeah. friend, the, the era of Friendster. We're going way back. Now I feel like a dinosaur. So, Game Trailers was bought out by Defy Media in 2014. They have a YouTube network, which includes uh, people like Smosh Games, uh, Gerard the Completionist, my pal Gerard, are on there. Um, they also, I think, own the Escapist website. So, it's sad, but, I mean, I you saw it coming. It's just the, how it happened was shitty. But, I mean, I hadn't bid the game trailers in, in years. I used to use it all the time. So I, did I. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I remember even up until probably three... Four years ago. Three, four years ago is when I stopped going there to actually see a game trailer. Um, but, you know, it's it's a it's a site that is no longer needed. Um, yeah, it's time, it's time went and gone because... Back in even 2010, uh, for game trailers, it's not, like, it's not like at that point even a lot of these uh, big game AAA companies even had big YouTube accounts or didn't realize that, hey, we should post our stuff on YouTube. They still weren't in there yet. Right. YouTube was still uh, still growing like five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not like game trailers, especially 10 years ago, needed to exist. You needed to have a, a place to see these game trailers. And they, had, and they had original series too. And plus, their reviews were actually pretty good. Uh, for, I've, a lot of their game reviews were pretty well balanced. Oh uh, yeah, they're, they're, they didn't seem like shills. They didn't seem like they're in the pocket, at least to me, of any big uh, AAA no, they, game developers. Was, it was pretty even, even stuff. Um, and I mean, game trailers was that where was that where like AVGN got? That's where start? Screw Attack got a lot of exposure. Screw Attack, uh, yes. I know. Screw so, Attack so basically, um, let, let's see how I could without giving away inside information. So, so uh, Screw Attack had got like a big contract uh, with game trailers years and years back. Uh, uh, they would show they they were talking back in like 2009, you know uh, the video game vaults back when they still had you know uh, handsome Tom way back uh, or 2008 and he was gone in 2009. Um, but then they they uh, screw attack through their uh, association with James and the AVGN videos were on were on uh, GT uh, and James at one point I don't know how he did this uh, he he put out two AVGN videos a month for like almost two years absolutely insane. Um, and that's I would say was the height hardest working man in YouTube. At yeah, that oh point. yeah, at yeah, that point, he, I mean, James Jesus deserves all the Christ. fame and money he has. Yep. just from that stretch alone, he was putting out. I don't. I, even one a month is tough. He was doing two a month. So GT was getting tons of hits off of James's videos alone. Uh, but then they they brought on other shows like Omega sixty four was featured on GT for a while. Uh, the Hey Ash series, which is very hit or miss to me, w- was on there for a while, um, and others. But those were the big ones that were there. Um, so. The problem is, is that once YouTube got to be a place where you can make money on your videos and be partnered and stuff, a lot of these guys drifted away. Uh, there's, there wasn't a reason to go to GT as much for content besides the game shows themselves, but for shows like that, if I can just watch AVGN on YouTube, why go to game shows? And for game a while, this wasn't really organized in a in a in a good way for you to follow that sort of stuff either. Whereas YouTube, well, it would show up, it would show up on the front page, and you had your show tabs and stuff like that. But like for example, um, the for like up even my the, the this is how I know where the, the delineation line was because I even I think James was under contract I think till like 2012 on game trailers, definitely by 2013 I think, uh, because like the video I did with him in 2011 didn't show up on YouTube for like almost a year later, so there there was exclusivity. Jesus, that was 2011. Yeah, five years ago I did a video. Right. That's okay. What, I, yeah, I bought that golden WC five years ago already. Holy shit. Anyway, so that means uh, like. The punk videos that I started in early on were like 2000. Jesus, a long time ago. Caltron six and one was 2010. Fuck. So six years ago we shot that. All right. Anyway. Anyway, we're both old. Yep, we are. And, uh, so, 
so what 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 I love game trailers because they used to, and this was to me was when they took some of a hit to me when they when they got rid of their um they had a featured user section, which was huge on the site. It was huge. That's how a lot of people got discovered. That's how a lot of people discovered my videos. I always say like my uh, my first six seven months of videos, I didn't discover game trailers until early two thousand nine. I've been doing videos since June two thousand eight. Then I started uploading my back catalog, my black box game, black box game reviews, and cutting them up. And then the first flea market man, as I told you, did tens of thousands of views on um, game trailers on YouTube. It did nothing, but on game trailers, the audience was bigger than YouTube for my videos sure. for like the first probably two to three years. I remember you saying that. So I would put stuff on game trailers even before YouTube because this, I wasn't making any money on it. They were from the ads. I wasn't, but it was just the exposure. And they would feature them on the front page of the site, on the right side. You'd see featured users of the week. And a lot of times for that weekend, you would see mine would be the top. You know, They would put stuff on the front page. I've had two or three videos featured on the front page. My chiller review, back when I did that, wow, in uh, 2009, October, November, that was on the front page. The very first thing you saw on Game Trolls was that video, maybe my nice beard. Um, when I did the, uh, the Video Game History Museum tour with Rue, it got put on the, the front rotator. Right. So they were cool to work with users like that. Guys like Matt Pat put their videos first on game trailers. That's a lot of people discover people like that. I don't know why you're giving me a look for it. Um, it was a good site for that. People, guys like uh, Peanut Butter Gamer, uh, things like that. Uh, guys like that. Uh, Jontron. A lot of people cut their teeth on those the user section. Now, the users are absolutely vicious. They're probably more vicious or, uh, than YouTube, believe it or not. I got threats of violence against me uh, probably by uh, a ratio of 5 to 1 on game trailers versus YouTube. But that aside, you can get over that stuff. That's what makes you grow a thick skin and you say, who cares? Uh, but they got rid of their user submissions, I want to say around 2012 or 13. They got rid of them all of a sudden. I think they took a hit there. That's when they first took a hit, I believe. Uh, it was, they brought it back like six months later, but I think that really hurt their community at that point. By that point, though, people were starting to go to YouTube anyway because all of a sudden Ubisoft's like, well... We can just have our own YouTube channel and promote our stuff, and let's do that. You know, make, we can show our Assassin's Creed, you know, five game on YouTube. We don't need to go through game trailers for that. Sure. Well, so it closed down, and I mean, the it was actually quite shitty. Um, How it happened? Oh yeah. Yeah, the employees were given hours of warning before um, game trailers was shuttered. So, um, you know, Pat covered most of what, you know, needs to be said about the website and how important it was early on. Um, you know, kind of like the, 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 the test grounds of the proving grounds for what would later become, you know, the early YouTube stars. Uh, but I, I mean, all I'm really thinking about right now is I hope these people uh, yeah. land, land on their feet and find a job uh, quickly because that's insufficient warning. And I almost feel like that sort of termination should come with a penalty to the company who's terminating. Well, that's not how it works in our society, <laughs> unfortunately. I would say this, though, that um, it is it is shitty for a company, either through misjudgment or mismanagement, to buy a company and then, you know, less than two years, two, two years later, feel like they have to shutter it. Then why did you buy it in the first place? Yeah. Why did you feel like you had to? But That's a common theme, though. You think you're going to buy something and work it into your, you know... We're going to uh, blue sky this idea, and we're going to integrate and use all these mumbo jumbo terms for how we can incorporate everyone. No, people lose jobs when whenever you merge. Every merger, people lose jobs. Sure. At, at, that's, at this point, though, it's like how badly though do you want to though hurt these people without even giving a good shake and showing that you know what the fuck you're doing in the industry to, to purchase this company like this? Yeah. Now, I always wonder if they could try 
selling these companies to someone else, or if they even try to sell these companies to someone else before they get rid of them, if that's an option too. At least give the option to, okay, maybe we could sell it to someone else, and maybe they cut some employees, and maybe the whole thing doesn't have to be shut down. Right. You know, but but maybe I'm being naive, and companies don't give a shit, and they're heartless. And giving less than an hour's notice is pretty fucking heartless. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you got to give someone a five-month severance and eight months notice, but uh, how about a week? Two well, weeks? Look, if I have to give two weeks... Uh, notice to leave my job, then they can give you two weeks that two weeks notice that things are getting shuttered. Yeah. Well, that, well, well, that, well, this is like, yeah, this is by not their choice for losing their jobs. You know. No, I know. I'm saying yeah. that the company should the also, common courtesy. I mean, yeah, they yeah. should have the same common courtesy. But, but why do that? I feel bad because uh, Brandon jo- Jones, we follow each other on Twitter. He's the voice, that great voice of game shows. You, you mm. know his voice. Mm-hmm. From all the reviews and yeah, they they, they they like introspectives of game series. They did some good work, some good historic stuff too. And it wasn't just just game trailers. So I hope you guys all land on your feet. Everyone who worked on game trailers, thanks for featuring my whoever whoever was in charge of all the user submissions back in two thousand nine to like two thousand eleven twelve. Thanks for featuring my content and helping get eyeballs on me. Uh, that that was really cool of you to do that. So we'll just touch on this fairly briefly, I think, but. Uh, February sixth, uh, nineteen ninety one was the uh, was the release date of Street Fighter two, mm. and uh, that means we are celebrating the twenty fifth anniversary. Well, just a couple days ago, um, and of course, Street Fighter five comes out uh, this upcoming Tuesday, um, and. And I'm rather excited for it, actually. I, I, I decided all of a sudden that I was kind of really pumped for it. Um, I like the lineup. I like the fact that there's only 16 characters to start with. Let's focus on balance instead of yeah. throwing 38 characters at me where uh, 80% are of them are useless. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But, I mean, the importance of Street Fighter 2 can't really be o- overstated. I, yeah. uh, there were fighters beforehand. And, I mean, you can go find some cool articles that will show you, like, the, the, the lead-up to Street Fighter 2 and how it kind of, you know, fighting games kind of started. But Street Fighter 2... Most in the PC. Street Fighter 2 was the the big arrival. It was the genre-defining yes, game. Yes, exactly. And... um. Man, I have a shitload of memories from that game. I was never very good at it, but most of my memories of that game, I think, are a lot of people's memories. And uh, I mean, I definitely played it in the arcade, but uh, sitting on my duff with buddies playing, you know, a Super Nintendo version, you know? I never met duff. Um, this was the first big fighter in the arcade. You know, you didn't have well, you didn't have a lot of fighters. I remember my local pizza shop had the original Street Fighter in the arcade, Oof. but that's a clunky piece of crap. Yeah, no one needs. It laid the groundwork for no Street need, Fighter Two. Yeah, but but I rather play Yar Kung Fu, which is regarded as one of the first. If Actually, Yar Kung Fu is fun. Yeah, or 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 Karate Champ. I rather play than the first Street yep. Fighter. You know, those those are are oh, it was forgotten as the uh, progenitors of the uh, genre, the fighting genre. But Street Fighter Two cemented it because the controls were crisp. You had great characters, great sound effects, great animation, great graphics. It was just memorable. It, it, it just got it right for the first time, mm-hmm. the fighting game. Just got it, just got it right. It, it got it right where you had to think about... You, you, you didn't think about it as playing something where it wasn't a novelty act. It wasn't like, okay, like what's a good example? Like the, the Punch-Out! arcade games are more novelty than fun. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like that's how like to me, at least to me, ER Kung Fu was or 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 Karate Champ. While fun if you know the controls, is a novelty act versus a, a game that you can just pick up and play and that's memorable. That's why you don't. That's why no one plays Karate Champ thirty years later. Right. You know. That's why I never made a sequel. But Street Fighter Two was special. That's the reason why you had people lining up. 10 deep, literally, in the arcade, putting their core up to get a chance to play. Well, and, I you mean, know. you use the word deep, and, I mean, it's it, it seems a little bit more shallow now, but I, I wouldn't necessarily think of Yi Ar Kung Fu or Karate Champ as novelty acts, but they were shallow. Uh, well, yeah, I don't even know. I don't think they were shallow. I, I was going to say, I don't think Karate Champ Karate was Champ shallow, is a very deep game, but it's a yeah. novelty act. I, 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 I You're worried more about how it controls versus having fun. Well, they, I mean, the controls were a detriment to it, but anyways, what I'm getting at is there was a lot of layers, whether intended or not, that were added, that, that were in Street well, Fighter 2 that people hadn't seen. Well, they were still figuring out what a fighting game was. Yes. I mean, that, I'm really not trying to put a game like ER Kung Fu down or, or uh, Karate Champ, but Karate Champ, uh, they couldn't got to get over the fact that you have two joysticks to control and you got to remember what everything is. Once you actually remember what the, what it, stuff does, it does make a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. And I say that having having reviewed uh, the NES version using two buttons in the control pad, it does take getting used to. You can remember the NES version is it's, awful. It's I tough. Can't. Yeah, but uh, by Street Fighter, even by Street Fighter One, they were still figuring out what's a fighting game supposed. What's the flow supposed to be? Right. In the first Street Fighter game, there's really no combos. It's very staccato. You punch a guy once, he gets knocked back. You kick the guy once. You know, you see a yellow blob, he gets punched back. You do like three Hadoukens, the guy's dead. They were still trying to figure out how is a fighting game supposed to play to be fun. Well, to be fair, the first—I mean, the first release of Street Fighter Two had that same thing. Special moves did an insane amount of damage. Not insane. Yes, they did. Okay. They—they they did quite but a there bit. There were they, combos. They did quite a bit more damage. Combos weren't necessarily intended. I uh, think they were, because that's why you get someone to dizzy. Because you can only get someone dizzy if you do if you do a few different moves that really quickly okay. in a row. All right, sure. I mean, they, they yeah, they do link. It's just, I, I guess it's not a combo in the modern sense of it. I, it's I not It's not a pre-programmed combo. But right. Okay. The point is, is that they smoothed out the wrinkles that came before in the genre. Mm-hmm. They added in a bunch of different characters. Remember, in the first Street Fighter, you, you, had, you had Ryu or Ken. That's all you got. Yeah. And they were exactly the same. And they were in Street Fighter 2, and they were almost exactly the same in Street Fighter 2. But at least they added... Uh, Eight, um, ten more characters no, for twelve. Eight, well, eight total in the first one. Well, the four for champion, if you want to include champion. Okay. But, you know, well, twelve characters total that, that are in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was a game that... This was this was probably the game that, if this game wasn't on Super Nintendo, I could have not ever owned the system and not have cared that much. I mean, yeah, Super Mario World's a classic. Star Fox was fun. But Street Fighter Two was the first title, like, that, like holy shit... This is an arcade perfect game that finally it caught up to something that the PC can do at the time. Well, you know, it, that, it, it was it, important. It hit on the Super Nintendo before the Genesis as well, if I remember, which gave the Super Nintendo. Uh, Did that help? Must have. Yeah, quite. Because there is no standard Street Fighter 2 for Genesis. You jump right into the Championship Edition. And PC Engine. No, the PC Engine version's fucking great, but yeah. That's, we, can get, we can get into the differences, but the PC Engine version plays closest to me. It has the closest uh, sounds, too. Closest, and it has the blood. For better or for worse, it has the closest sounds. It has the blood. It's missing one layer of background yes. animation. You don't see an extra two, two elephants, sorry. Yeah. But no, it's a, obviously it's a classic. You've had 20 iterations. You had 15 versions of Street Fighter 4. Um, so... 
I think it's one of those last games that, uh, along with a game like uh, Wolfenstein and Doom, that sort of defined the genre. Uh, you know, like, there's not that many that came after that that was like, holy shit, you can point to the game that, alright, that's a genre that's going to take off now because of that game. I'm going to just say this, and you can get into it, but we have a scumbag, scumbag, seller, seller, of, of, the week. Alright, so, what is this fellow's name? Hager1080. H-A-G-E-R-1080, in case you feel the need to report him for counterfeits. Um, So, looking at this guy and what he's been selling, you've got a... Man, did he get lucky. He found one, two, three. He found three boxed, complete Mega Man X3s. What are the odds of that happening? Holy shit, he's got a Cotton Fantastic Night Dreams for the TurboGrafx CD. One of the rare CD games. He's got two Metal Storms, complete in box near Mint. Uh, He's got Godzilla for the uh, Turbo Three Godzillas for the Turbo Duo. which is a very, very expensive game. Oh. And just, you know, he found this at the bottom of the box. There's a uh, Flintstone surprise at Dinosaur Peak. Um, Multiple. Yep. Oh, there's another one. Let's just, I mean, we can go Super through all Copa. So basically, what it comes down to is uh, this guy. Uh, we, we, we brought this up a long time ago, and it does make my purchasing of, of stuff a little, a little more tense these days. Uh, but um, this guy seems to have done what we talked about, a guy who uh, printed up CDs uh, with uh, the Snatcher artwork on it. They were blank CDs. And then you could burn Snatcher on it, make your case, whatever. Um, and by all accounts, that's supposed to be a fairly easy thing to do now with modern technology. So, uh, I mean, I, and these are buy, these are, these are selling at 84, 85 bucks. And I don't know if people know that they're getting a quality, quote-unquote bootleg, or if they think this guy just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But all it takes is a look at the search history to realize that no one has this many copies of late-release Turbo CD games. Yes, we're talking about games that go for for $300, $400, and you have three of them selling at $84. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, by the way, Bonk 3 as well, Uh, just in case. mm -hmm. Bonk 3 CD, which goes for like, you know, $500, (coughs) $600. one of the best things about this is that none of them are alive right now. These are probably auctions that started and ended within a day or two. One of his caveats is, buyer must pay immediately after the auction. Please bypass this auction if you do not agree. So, which means he wants to get that money, get the hell out before he gets reported like by people like us or whoever else. Sure. Um, he wants to get the money, ship out his bootleg, counterfeit, illegal bullshit games, and get out of Dodge. I never, I never went this far down. I mean, he's got... He, I mean, holy fuck. He's got a hoverboard, too, by the way. I know, and cool. he also had, like, a fucking motor uh, at the top. Uh, a, a, a Honda 10,000-watt electric start portable yeah. home gas power RV generator. He's got a Super Copa complete, by the way. Multiple. And uh, another one that you just don't have fucking multiple of. Um, Pocky and Rocky 2, Panic Restaurants. We could go on for days here, but, uh, I mean, this is... Bonk 3 CD, are you fucking kidding me? I just... I, 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 I mean, even this... Even the Super Smash Brothers for forty five to me is now suspect. Although I, I well, actually, whoa, the Bonk Three is a real game. It's a real Hue card, according to this picture. Uh, okay, but he's got two of them complete for eighty four dollars. Well, you can okay. Buy- now I just think he's just selling shit he doesn't have. Um, that's possible. Or I want to see the picture of that Bonk Hue card. Hue card. Where Where is this? Um, 
because he's got he's got one negative feedback that's come in. Duo. He's duo. got oh, excuse me. He has five negative feedback in the past month. Yeah, because all I can't shit access is it. Fucking bunk. Oh, um, oh, this is always a good sign. They decided to make their feedback comments private. Oh, That's yeah, always a great yeah, sign yeah. of a, of a trustworthy seller, too. So I I want I, I can't find it. Maybe it is real real, but they do make um, cue cards that you can uh, print program out. now. Oh, uh, really? But but the guy who made them, they look really really nice. Um. But they definitely look different. There's some. There's there's a difference to the 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 kind of the layout and whatever. So it should be easily. It should be easy so to tell. There's a chance this guy bought. He printed out his own uh, Bonk three boxes and bought these custom Bonk three hue cards. I went. I, I was this on the first page because I didn't see it. Just scroll down the completed auctions. It's down there. Just do it. Do a Control F Bonk three. It's right there. I, I, well, whatever. I don't see it. I, it. It wasn't on the first page. I didn't. I didn't see that. All right. Anyway, but it, yeah. I mean, okay. So that's a possibility. Beyond, he's got multiple copies of Beyond Shadowgate. For Turbo, I mean, like, that's ridiculous. I've seen the copy. I've seen the game one time in fifteen years, and I bought it when I saw. It. I mean, yeah. you don't find games like this. So, anyways, I mean, not a whole lot more to say. Definitely a scumbag seller. I mean, when but he's got people's money already. That's a bad part. Yep, it sucks. It's sad. Uh, and it's just, you know, Evo in the box for $90. I, I just feel like his sold listings speak for themselves because no one has that many copies of games that are that expensive uh, and, and no one sells them. That's no cheap. one knowingly sells them that cheap. He wants it to, I think he wants it to make it look like he doesn't know what he's selling or only has a rough idea or is going off of bad info in hopes that people buy these and think they're getting a steal. Yeah. And he wants you to pay immediately. Yeah. Which is also a bad sign. You know, pay, 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 before the auction, because once the auction gets shut down, he can't get paid. Right. If it's one, there's no way to pay. There's no way to link it to a PayPal. All right, you're you're a scumbag seller of the week. Jesus Christ! Now we got to watch out for bootleg uh, rare Turbo Graphics games. Yeah, I mean that's another nice thing about PCE is the the the, the while there have been bootlegs of high profile games, it's a lot. It's a lot less likely. So this is a. Uh, we're going into YouTube topics. So I was alerted to a video by uh, Grade A Under A. Sounds like a, a nice uh, Scottish fellow. A Scottish accent, I think it was. Perhaps. Sounded close. You, you're, you're my Scott. You you could... Uh, <laughs> I don't have a part. Scottish accent. No, you're part Scott. And, and, and Grade A Under A, if you're not Scottish, my apologies, but you sounded like that to me. So he did a video lamenting the fact that um, one guy in particular, but overall, that there are uh, YouTube reaction channels now that take... Uh, not just take trailers, because now we know that for the past two, three years, big guys like your buddy Angry Joe will do like <laughs> will do reaction videos right away to like the Batman v Superman trailer and get like half a million views. That's fine, whatever. But now there's whole channels doing like that's all they do is reactions, right, to movie trailers, and so it's like besides that being I don't know creatively bankrupt and you know a little unethical because you know you're not really making your own content. At least you're not hurting a company that's, you know, if you're making Batman v Superman, you, you're not really hurting Warner Brothers by doing that, by no. showing the trailer. But I didn't realize that there were fuckheads that were reacting to YouTubers' videos. Yeah. Directly. And showing the whole video and reacting to them. And Grade A Under A was has been a victim of this. Uh, his name was Tyrone Magnus, who has a reaction channel. 
And I, I guess he had a humorous video graded on Duray. I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the videos. Now I will be, though. And thanks for the shout-out on the video, by the way. Yeah, that was nice. Um, who took one of his humorous videos and watched it for the whole time, said, according to uh, Grade A under A, let's call him Grade A from now on, or A, said seven words throughout the video and made money off of his video by just basically having it on the screen. A reaction video is seeing your face, look at the screen that you're watching, and then somewhere there's the video yeah. that you're reacting to. So you're basically stealing their content. So yeah, you stole their content. You Without permission. You stole your content, you uploaded it, and uh, you kept yourself in the corner jerking off and whatever. It's just, I mean... It's, 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 it's as it, bad it, as the uh, the freebooting Facebook uh, people that take the video. It's, it's the same thing. I almost think it's worse because you think someone out there gives a fuck what your reaction to someone oh. else's content is. I, I mean, I feel like that's even more insulting. It's just, it's, uh, it's awful. It, it's bad. Um... <laughs> I'm not trying to get in the middle of this uh, this uh, brewing internet war. I just didn't know that there were YouTubers shitty enough to rip off other YouTubers to that extent. Because you might as well at that point rip off the entire video and re-upload it. You might as well just do that. Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, at that point, you, you just do that. I don't know who the hell you are out there that you want to subscribe. Some of these people have like fifteen thousand subscribers or a hundred thousand. How? boring first of all do you have friends that you want to subscribe to a channel to see someone else's reaction to videos regularly it's not like going saying wow i wonder what other people react to aj styles showing up at the royal rumble this is saying i want to see how other people react to a trailer just came out but this particular person that i love his reactions and in this video grade a um showed examples of people just like watching the video with no reaction so it wasn't like they were even getting excited they're just blank so this insults me on such a level as a video creator, that y- this to me is worse than prank videos. Yeah, well, at least a prank video you're trying to create some shitty content on your own. That's what I said. I feel like that's why I feel like this is almost worse than just stealing the video and uploading it outright. Outright, because you think there is some value in you watching this, and and you don't react when you. I mean, you don't react. I mean, all you're doing is. So now you're trying to say that you've created content, which you haven't, by putting your face above someone else's video while you it's stare not- at it blankly, and it's just something else to throw on your website, yeah. on your on your YouTube channel, and make money off. And it's not fair use. It's not transformative. It's not educational. It's not critical. And plus, you're using the entire video, so it doesn't fall under any tenets of fair use that you can even try. Right. To even get there's not, there's no gray area there. At all. Especially when it's not even a trailer, when it's someone else's video on YouTube, you're fucking them over and you're stealing their money. And especially if you have a, a lot of uh, viewers, or say you st- say you steal someone's video and react to it that has a lot less subscribers to you, they're not going to fu- go back and watch or find that person's video. They're not going to give a shit. What, are you going to annotate way down in, in your description? Oh, Joe Blow, go check out his videos. They're not going to... That that's, not, that's not how YouTube works. You watch a video once, you're not going to watch it again. Right. So it's just... Insults me at such a degree that I can't believe that I had it. I didn't know people were doing this. I knew there were reaction videos to game trailers or to live events or seeing someone like AJ Styles show up on Raw, uh, uh, Royal Rumble. I had no idea that people were just outright taking other YouTubers' videos. I, I just didn't know. I guess I was. I guess. I guess I you never know. know what's out there. Yeah. It's just you, Eric. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. The television uh, kid. Yeah. In the suit. So, uh, so sh- sh- I-, I hate to say shame on you, but shame on you. Shame on you. Fuck yourself. Yeah. I- and-, and now, grade A, under A, I didn't know about you before, but I'll, I'll-, 
I'll check out your stuff. You now, seem like a now I know about you. You, you seem like you're Ian's kindred spirit from your from your ferocity. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did enjoy that when I watched this. Speaking of reactions, yo, these guys are fucking scumbags, and they look slimy as shit. Uh, <laughs> what happened to? I have no energy to talk about this. That's about all I got. <laughs> Go. So so um. Uh, this this broke right after the last podcast. I had no idea this was going on, but the 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 fine fine brothers who we've mentioned before in the podcast in such videos as uh, you made us fucking cover them twice, and I said it was ridiculous. Teens react to Nintendo, and teens react to Game Boy. I think it was the two we covered. Yeah, in the past, and we um. So if you're not familiar with uh the Fine Brothers, they have um their whole React series, the React channel. Teens react to, elders react to. YouTubers react to, and I might kids be, and to. kids react to, which is they get, uh, they they do one video per 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 video or one video to react to, um, and then they they put a camera on the person or a series of people and react to them, get their comments. Oh, what did you think about this video? What did you think about this? What did you think about playing the Nintendo? To their credit, it's original material. It does fall under fair use. And I, and I heard that they do ask permission from at least some of the people that they do the videos of. Uh, and they're not showing the entire video of the people. They're, they're really, it's really the, to get these people's reactions and film it. That's fine. It's fine that you created your empire for your series of videos. You hired these people to come on in. Uh, hey, Grandpa, react to twerking. That, that's literally one of their videos. Like, elders react to twerking. React to it. It's 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 simple it's easy it's the cheesy poof of youtube it's you eat it it's light it's really bad for if you eat a ton of them but if you eat a couple who cares basically um that's all fine and good 14 million subscribers i used to have 14 million subscribers um that's that's all well and good it's harmless what's not harmless though is going out of your way to sort of try to gain a monopoly on a video genre by trying to trademark the word react and That's one of the things they did, or at least attempted to do. So what happened was this. Um, how this Maelstrom came about, love that word, was that they, they had a new endeavor, a new MCM, basically. They tried to get off the ground called React World. Right. This is what I find actually to be almost more offensive because it's incredibly pretentious and self 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 centered is the they wanted to so what they wanted to do through the, this trademarking is they wanted to create a channel called React World which was going to be nothing but react videos and they were going to uh license out the react package which yes. was a series of um visuals assets and assets. visuals and music so that Hey, I love the Fine Brothers. I want to be just like them, so I can pay for their yeah. stuff, and I can be cool too. And I mean, that is to me that's that is just that's so fucking gross in in a way that I it's, can't quite tangibly, I can't put it. And their words, and and their and obviously these guys are. By the way, uh, Mr. Fine Brothers, you are fucking awful on camera. By the way, don't ever appear on camera because you're inauthentic. And you look very uncomfortable on camera. <laughs> You're inauthentic. <laughs> you look very uncomfortable. Holy shit! We'll shit get it. We'll parents. get into. We'll get into their fault video in a second. Yeah. But in this React World uh, video, um, they're basically it's an MCM. If you yeah. if you go if you actually go through and read the five print, um, you sign up for a React World, you get the assets, 
which are like, you know, like the little scribbly drawing, they're giving you transitions and shit, and music that, to brand your video as a, uh, a Fine Brothers React video. So we could do, Ian reacts to uh, playing Neo Geo Pocket Color. Oh, this is great, you know. Oh, we can, I'm having fun. We can go out and do uh, OB people react to twerking or something. We could do our own version of it or whatever. OB people react to showers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or methadone. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so the point is is that you, you would then be uploading to them and or your own channel, and they would just take a cut of it, like an MCM. I think your cut was going to be like 40%, though, which is pretty heinous for an MCN. That's like old school. That's even That's like way in the past getting 40%. Uh, or 60, whatever it was. Anyway, so they do that, which are like, okay, that's fine. But in the video, they take a shot at the entire world and say, don't watch these other React videos because they're basically stealing the idea from us. And come on, that's shitty, isn't it? Yeah, because no one's ever reacted to anything in the history of fucking man. So in that original video, they already come off bad because they're trying to make it seem like not only did they that they come up with the idea of reacting to stuff in videos, but they own it wholesale, which both are completely false. Mm-hmm. There are react videos. You know what the best example was? Going back, remember two girls, one cup, mm-hmm. way back. Unfortunately, those were an early example. Yeah, I remember. But I remember react videos, and there I, were a ton of them. Yeah, there were. I remember seeing those videos. The react, and videos. there were ones before that. You want to go up back further? You want to go to TV? Uh, a lot of those uh, VH1 shows were people reacting to stuff. Yep. Not even just I Love the 80s, they were reacting to uh, Web Junk 20 and other things where you'd watch a video and, and have reactions to it, stuff like that. So, even if you created the React genre, which you didn't, you cannot hold ownership over a genre of entertainment like that. That's not how it works. Right. You could copyright... Uh, you could copyright... Videos that you've created, which are implicitly copyrighted, or things you write, you cannot copyright ideas of videos. That's not how it works. You cannot. You could trademark names. You cannot copyright or trademark a specific format. That's not how it works. You have copycat shows all the time. If that's the case, you would have a bunch of game shows, which are almost exactly the same that come out. So, it's troublesome that they would take that route. But then in the video, they also were pretentious enough to say... Our videos are historically important no. that a hundred years from no. now... No, just fucking stop. That a hundred years from now, people will look back at our videos and, and see how people reacted to great historical events through our React videos. You are so fucking far up your own ass you can see out of your mouth. That's, ins- that's just... So already they're on shaky ground. Already the negatives on their video for this announcement were like 80% or 70%. Already people were turned off, already, by being the pretentiousness, the fact that you are announcing an MCM and claiming you own a video genre, which is weird. Oh, and by the way, you've taken down videos before of people that have done their own React videos. And, and oh, and by the way, you've told people to attack Ellen because she's had segments on her show where she sit down, she sat down with kids and taught them about reacting to stuff. So you've actually told your fans to attack Ellen, the evil Ellen. Because Ellen... <laughs> Are you fucking serious? If I, if, I mean, like, if I had to think of someone who seems completely harmless, it would probably be Ellen. I'm not going to talk to you fine about the dragon. I'm going to wait till later uh, to do this. But people started digging after this came out. And then they found out something nefarious. That they almost got away with it. It wasn't for those 
dirty kids on the internet. That back in this back last summer, they tried they they put the applications in to trademark people. Trademark. I'll explain what trademark is in a second. Trademark. Um, elders react to, teens react to, kids react, kids react to a bunch of others, including the singular word "react" when used in a video. You know what's beautiful though? So this is it's it's not going to happen, and the reason why is because of their fucking hubris. Because if they hadn't made that announcement, it no one would have, have looked, looked into it, and they had 30 days left. I mean, there was 30 days. Sure. So what a trademark is. A trademark is a copyright. Copyright is for material that you already created. Copyright is for a video game. It's for artwork. It's for a video. It's for a tangible something you've created. What a trademark is, is an image, logo, word, or phrase that you use in conjunction with something else. Um, so you could trademark a phrase that appears in a t-shirt, you can trademark a phrase that someone says. When someone says, uh, Michael Buffer says, uh, let's get ready to rumble, he's trademarked that phrase. He can only use that phrase on TV. No one else can use that phrase unless they pay and get, or, and or get permission for him to use that. So by them attempting to trademark the word react, what that would mean is any web video or any video that would use the word react in the title would have to go through them first. That's how fucking heinous that is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even mean that you would have to do a video that would be similar in format to that. It would just mean that you would do any video and have React in it that they could come down on your ass for. For yeah. trademark, not copyright. Trademark's a lot looser than copyright infringement. Trademark, uh, let's get ready to the rumble. If I make a t-shirt... With let's get ready to rumble and put that on there. I, Michael Buffer can come after me. If someone in a TV show says that phrase, Michael Buffer can go after him. Trademark is pretty cut and dry. It's like you use that phrase, I can come after you. Right, and that's it. There's no fair use with trademark. Really, there. I mean, there are exceptions, but for the most part, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. So they claimed once they got this found out, then the heat came on them because then they were trying to because they guys, you guys said yourself, go after Ellen. You guys got React videos taken down. You opened that Pandora's box. You showed what you really were before all this. So after that point, you cannot come out and say, well, we're trademarking these words to protect ourselves from everyone else. No, 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 no. You may have gotten away with that had you not already been shitty before and say you own the genre of videos and say don't watch other people's videos that are doing something similar then we may have believed you. Right. But you did not show yourselves to be those sort of individuals, did you? You did not. So then a lawyer threatens to contest it. You can contest any trademark. There's a window. And he would have probably won it if he had gone through with it. But I think the the Fine Brothers saw the writing on the wall and said, ooh, this is troublesome. Yeah, this is this is a... This is a, a this mess. Is, this is a concession to... Uh, so... So now we got to go back on camera and explain ourselves, which they did. And by the way, all these videos have been taken down. They go back on camera. Guys, you do not, you, you, um, guys, I don't know you personally. I don't know a little bit how you think, though, now, but you do not appear well on camera and you're not authentic. But in their sort of apology clarification video, within the first 20 seconds of it, the fine brother to the left, the one with the beanie and the beard, rolls, visibly rolls his eyes. 
when explaining. Oh, oh my god, I gotta explain it. I gotta explain this concept to you fucking idiots out there. That's how you came off in your response video. Like, oh geez, guys, when we're trying to do this React world, it doesn't mean that we own the React video genre, even though we've said in the past we basically we do. do yep. And we told you to go after Ellen. And we've acted as if we And do. we've acted at it and gotten videos taken down, but you guys are fucking idiots. They, they've, the guy rolled his eyes at least twice. Which, when you roll your, your eyes, sh- is showing contempt for the other person. You don't say anything. Roll your eyes at me right now. But <laughs> so you looked horrible doing that too, and disingenuous. And now it was complete PR spin. You're losing hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I think they've lost over a million subscribers. Not that it's going to hurt your bottom line, but it sort of exposed them as this is who they are. Well, and it also showed that people aren't going. People pay attention to this sort of stuff more than more than maybe they think. And they put eyeballs uh, on them. Yeah, and and you will. Uh, there there does come a point where people who were fans are just done. I, one of the best parts I, I'm, I've just remembered is that in their original React World video, they said, "Guys, we're you know we're not big business, we're independent, so we're trying to keep this small." Yeah, you're you're not big business, but you're trying to trademark uh, lots of terms uh, for your videos, and you're claiming to own a genre, and you're setting up an MCM. But hey, we're independent and YouTubers still, and you're going to sell a production package. You're, you're not, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, licensing a production package for your show. Yeah, that's not corporate at all. None right. of that's corporate, guys. Come on, man. Like, come on. The, I think what what got under people's skin with this was that you thought this didn't this type of mentality didn't exist on YouTube, and this sort of put it out there right in the open. Oh boy, does it exist? Yeah, it's, this isn't this isn't just a playground anymore, and not just that. Guys that used to be from the playground now own the playground. Mm-hmm. That's basically, or at least trying to own it, and that's what you guys showed everyone. It's it, just really. <laughs> So awfulness. They did end up uh, reacting to all this negative reaction. Oh, oh man, so much reaction. We gotta pay you react. React. Ian reacts badly to beasting. Fuck. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, their apology. We realize we built a system that could easily be used for wrong. We're fixing that. The reality that trademarks like these can be used to theoretically give companies, including us, the power to police and control online videos is a valid concern. And though we can't really tell you up here, there's no way to prove them. We have decided to do the following. This is just like full admit of defeat, and I, I, I love it. Like, it must have killed them to write this out. We have decided to do the following. One, rescind all of our React trademarks and applications. Two, discontinue the React World program. Three, release all past content ID claims. One, two, three, you're out. You're done. You fucking lost. But, but, but by, the, by, by, by admitting that you have content ID claims to rescind, you've acted shitty. Because it wasn't all just people used your videos. You got videos taken down, or at least tried it from what the words on the internet, of just people that doing a similar format or saying someone reacts to this. They abuse the system. So, okay, the, guys, camera one, real quick. Fine, brothers, all right. You guys got to understand this. You guys hit the fucking YouTube jackpot. You are the top 1% of the 1%. I'll go to a single camera. You know, I'm trying to be serious here for a second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you guys hit the jackpot of YouTube. You came up with an idea. Maybe it was ingenious to some. Maybe uh, simple to others. But you did it. You got on top of the world. You're making millions of dollars doing these shitty videos. 
Embrace it. That's who you are. Don't try to do an MCM or try to say, you know, we're going to be the react, uh, you know, corporate owners of the world. That's a bridge too far. Be happy where you are. Maybe you realize that this is all we are. Maybe we're not going to be any better than filming a teenager, you know, reacting to someone throwing up on a, in a parking lot on YouTube or something. I'm just giving an example because I don't watch these videos besides the Game Boy and this one. But just embrace it. And don't try to be anything more than what you are. And everyone will be so much better for it. And don't appear on camera anymore. Okay. He wanted more beanies. <laughs> All right. So, uh, YouTube Red, real quick. Their original series uh, are premiering. Right now, they're on. You can watch PewDiePie Get Scared. And um, you can Is he watch. He's reacting to something? He's reacting. He's reacting to, to fright. In, re- in real time. Um, you got um, Scare PewDiePie. You have a documentary called A Trip to Unicorn Island, a team musical called Dance Camp, and a Rooster Teeth comedy called Laser Team. I think that's like a I think that's a movie that they made, like a some sort of independent movie. Excuse me. Thrilling. I didn't burp because of Rooster Teeth. I just burped. Um, so if you're a RedTube user, RedTube, damn it, that name sucks. A YouTube Red user in the U.S. only at this point. Um, you can uh, purchase it for what is it? Ten bucks a month. You get uh, these original series. Uh, this to me is more important. You get Google Play access, which is all the uh, music uh, in the entire Google Play library, which is huge. And you get to see all the YouTube videos normally without any ads. You can watch these originals. So uh, we're going to see if this actually works out. We're going to see if the originals work out because I always maintain that. It's a different sort of audience than Netflix for originals. Yeah, they're doing the Netflix thing, but in an area where that's that's not your your viewer base. Yeah, and you know, YouTube's uh, excuse me, PewDiePie's audience are skew younger. I hate to say, a lot of them don't have credit cards. You're gonna ask mommy and daddy for a nine 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 a month subscription just to watch PewDiePie uh, scare PewDiePie. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Right. How soon is someone gonna rip that video and post it on a torrent? Well, and and and, and the other thing is, a, a lot of people. Um, Oh, by the way, that would take probably half an hour. Um, I, I don't. This I don't watch. I say it all the time, and I really don't. I don't watch YouTube stuff. But my understanding is that people go to YouTube, and what they watch is anywhere between like three minutes and maybe fifteen to twenty minutes. So I feel like longer format shows, if that's what they're going to end up trying. I also feel like that's also the oh. uh, the wrong place for it. It could be. I mean, I don't know. Let's plays can be longer. PewDiePie videos, yeah, I'm okay. sure, are a little longer. Sure. You know, you, I think he, I think he's the exception. I, I mean, yeah. I admit I don't know a lot about it, but I just but, always thought of it as being like a 15 minute thing. But this is content that may not be in the wheelhouse. Like you might watch PewDiePie and enjoy him ranting on, you know, game. He plays like computer games and stuff, like bad games. But do you want to watch him run around with a camera strapped off his shoulder that's watching his reactions as he has people in zombie makeup scare him and he's got to pretend to be scared? Like, that's not that's no. not his content. That's not what he's known for. So it's not like it's not like on Netflix when you're watching Orange is the New Black. Like, you know it's what the content is. Even if it's new to you, at least you know that's it. Like, that's why you're there. You're there for content like that. You're not there for content like that. Sure. It's a tough sell, at least to someone like me. You know, at least... But, but hey, I hope it works, because if more people go on YouTube Red, it's actually more money for everyone on YouTube. It actually is. The numbers work out that way. 
So everyone earns more. Um, so I'm not sure about Dance Camp. I'm not sure if the maybe the Fine Brothers are going to do one. They might do a comedy special, or mm. they're going to do, do a very something something a hundred years from now. People are going to look back on and say that's the pinnacle of YouTube. That was the great American YouTube right that was there. The, right there, those two got it nailed they down. Fucking, they should have let that trademark they, go through and react. They mastered it. So, is there anything else they added to this little <laughs> no. <quickie> topic? <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> so, I know, I know, some of you love the wrestling talk, and some of you. Some of you hate it, but uh, we'll try to keep it under twenty this, minutes. This is this is a little different. I, well, yeah. So Daniel Bryan, uh, accomplished, fantastic wrestler, uh, young, fifteen-year wrestler, sixteen years, fifteen years, uh, announced his retirement on um, on Raw, WWE Raw, age thirty-four. Yep. Um, this was a guy who easily had five, six good years left in him. Um, but Daniel Bryan wrestled a very physical, very acrobatic style. Uh, Daniel Bryan bumped a lot, which for those not in the know means you sell the move. You make it look real. You make it look as real as mm-hmm. possible. Flying headbutts he used to do, which were bad. Yep. And, uh, unfortunately over the years he suffered many injuries, um, and some concussions. And, uh, even though he had a doctor that cleared him, supposedly the WWE doctors would not clear him. And it was presented, and I do believe this to be true, uh, Daniel Bryan chose to retire. And it sucks in one way because you feel like the guy was robbed of maybe the last few years of his prime. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I'm very happy he retired. Oh, and I'm very happy he retired because this lessens the probability of me hearing about him being dead at 45 or 50 because he just kept taking the <clears throat> fucking injuries. Or or becoming addicted to painkillers. Pa- painkillers, yes. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting about this was that Brian himself said he was cleared by NFL you know, uh, doctors you know, who do the concussion protocols, things like that. Yeah. He got cleared in the fall. He said he was cleared. So originally when he was injured, you know, he got the surgery on his, what, his neck. His, his arm was, you know, <clears throat> feeling his arm was gone after WrestleMania. Was at WrestleMania 30? Yeah. Um, after he won the title. And that was a, a great WrestleMania because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, real, real quick history lesson. Uh, he was a um, huge fan f- favorite in spite of the fact that WD didn't want him to be. I mean, it's not, it wasn't, that wasn't planned. No. They, liter- they literally put him with the fucking Wyatt family to try to get him away from the main event scene to get people off him, and it, it did not work. Nope. And they quickly realized that You we- couldn't stop him. And then after he wasn't in the Royal Rumble, they realized we fucked up big time. Yeah. That's when it really became because, uh, that remember they took it over and Batista was booed? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it all goes back to that. So they figured, you know what? He's getting the biggest pops by far. And he's gotten the biggest pops, uh, besides guys like The Rock, been a big uh, wrestler the past 15 years. Bigger pops than Cena. Yeah. Uh, bigger pops than the guy that's the carrying the company. So, uh, he went out about two months after WrestleMania 30, um, got a concussion. Um, <clears throat> at the time, it wasn't know what was going on, you know. Um, so, then he, he, um, he comes back, though, and he's gone again with, with another injury, which turns out was another concussion. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was injury first. Was, was, oh, it was the show, then it was, it was a concussion. Yes. Then it was yes. a concussion. Yes. Then it was a concussion when he came back 
uh, the January of the next year when he was in the Rumble, got thrown out. He, then he was only around for like three more months. Yep. Got the IC belt, had to relinquish it after WrestleMania 31. Um, so he basically wrestled four months the past like two years, something like that. Or, or the past 20 months, four months. So I'm, I'm very happy that this was found, obviously. But I'm just wondering then what was the pro- concussion protocol before, at least with the other doctors that didn't find something, all of a sudden they found something. Does that mean that WWE has better concussion protocols than the, than the, than the NFL does? Or, uh, or, or, or tests that are more stringent? Because he got cleared by guys that did work, I think he said for like the Arizona Cardinals. I don't. I, I can't say one way or another whether they're more It's stringent. just but, weird. But the, the timing's weird. The NFL... I mean, and they've been shining light on that forever. They've gotten no; they're a ton better now, though. They have to be because they're not getting sued. Okay, so. well, they weren't. I, I mean, let's put it that way. No, now they are. Now a guy. Now I know. Now they here, here and there guys stay in the game, but now they have guys mandatorily come out of the game if they get knocked up. They okay. get knocked up. Yeah. So. Get pregnant, but. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it does raise that that question. Um, I, and maybe they do. Uh, I I think that. The the ever changing world of the WWE is is that they want it to appear um, more friendly, and I, I think especially with the fact that you hear of you know wrestler deaths multiple times a year, I think they wanted to play it very safe with Brian well, and would not clear him. Now you know why there are so many yes. deaths. I I think it's become clear now. I think the Benoit. Uh, murder suicide was sort of the big one, but before that, uh, Chris Nowinski uh, was one of the first guys that to brought, and he's been doing this for like ten years. He's very important, not only for this but for the NFL and things. He was one of the first guys because his career, and he was a talented guy, uh, to get on board with these concussions are really fucking up your brain. Yeah, he was doing this in two thousand five, way before this became sort of the uh, uh, sort of uh, what's the word we're looking for. The object du jour of all of all of all these sports about all concussion and, and protocol and coming back too soon. So he was on this early, and I think he's probably helped WWE along the way. Uh, test guys, it's like Dirk, uh, Dirk Ziegler was a guy that got a really bad concussion Dolph, a couple yeah. of years ago. Dirk Ziegler, well, Dolph Ziegler, yeah, yeah. that's where the name comes from. Uh, when he got kicked in the head, so they're being careful now. Unfortunately, I think this is why a lot of these wrestlers are dying in their forties and fifties yes. or suicide, drug addiction, addiction. They're getting fucked up in the head. They're probably getting CTE. Because um, football players are killing themselves now and, and losing their minds and things like that. And wrestlers are getting just as much brain trauma. You wrestled for 15 years. Daniel Bryan said in his, in his 25 minute, nearly 25 minute long retirement speech, I think the role, which by the way was great. Very emotional. But actually, I I think I only saw the first part of it then, because what I saw was like 11 minutes. It was long. It's like 20 minutes. He got, because he went and did a big speech, got out of the ring, and then I guess he must have gotten back in. Oh well, maybe maybe, mm. maybe yours was condensed down. What did you say on WWE Network? No, I just found it on YouTube half an hour oh. after it was after it oh. finished. Maybe it was shorter. I'm, I'm not good with time. Maybe I have CTE. Anyway, so uh, oh, sorry. Continue. Oh, you threw me off, so I don't know what's up now. Um, no, but what, so the speech was nice, um, you know, and uh, very heartfelt. It was fantastic to, to see the fans react to him the yeah, way they just, did. Just as popular as ever. Ever. I mean, you know, they all wish he... I mean, uh, the seeing the wrestlers' tweets, I mean, was heartbreaking. You know, them being like, wish I could have had one more with you. You elevated me, this, that, and the next. Nicest thing. guy in the world. Yep. Everyone says it. Um, there was something that bothered me, though, and God, it, it fucking bothered me. And it was... Watching Triple H and Vince McMahon up there smiling and clapping and applauding him on, and so that wasn't on Raw. That was the after show. Okay, well, 
you guys fucked his career. And that that was something that I took big issue with. Well, they 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 took the title away from him and tried to squash him. Yeah, but that made him bigger, though. I mean, it, the, no, the it fan, didn't. They, the they accidentally made him bigger. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, his WWE stuff was not the highlight of his career, but it was. I, I am glad he made it to the bigs, so to speak, and got to do that. I mean, I had seen him wrestle in Ring of Honor and uh, one other indie promotion, and it was cool to see this guy that everyone loved but, you know, wasn't sure where he was going to uh-huh. go hit the WWE, and not just hit it, but, I mean, take it in a way that no one could have ever yeah. expected. He was popular when he first got it, not nearly the extent, but, yeah, he got the U.S. title from The Miz, and, yeah. you know, he was he got the money in the bank, and he got, so, he got the... I am sorry, though, that was, I, I, that was the other part that I watched was the, um, after Raw went off, you know, was all the yes chants and then yeah. all the wrestlers clapping I think, for him. I think the, the future's obviously bright for him. He could be a, a great trainer, sure. you know, if he wants to do that. Oh, they should I, throw him right into the NXT train, he could training do that. program. Hell, he could be an he can be if they really wanted to. I mean, after Stone Cold retired, he was like the the on air authority figure for like a year. They could do that with they could do whatever they want with him. The guy, he's just he's got he's the rare guy that people like him because he's authentic, and you can tell he's authentic on screen. Yeah, he he's not playing like when he's talking, he's not really playing. The best wrestlers to me are the guys that they're not really playing a character that much. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. You can tell that that's not only you can tell that's what they are. You can tell they're enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, you know, as much as some people don't like CM Punk, he was a great character because he infused so much of his personality into what he was doing. Um, and and Dan Bryan said, "Why he's just a likable guy that's passionate, and he was like, and sort of the everyman that he that won out." Yeah, he never had an angle. I mean, when they tried to make him heal, because don't forget they tried that for like a month. Uh, with the no, no, no. That was fucking awful. I mean, it was so... You could tell it was so hard for him to do that. But but people still loved... Like, yes, but, I know, they, it's but like they, they still loved it. But it's like they still liked <laughs> not liking... You know what I mean? Like, they still... Even the no stuff, it was still like... They were still with him. Like, yeah. The stuff with, like, hell no and, and with Kane was always entertaining. Well, the, that's and, the thing with the no, no, no thing is that uh, it's... Everyone still chanted it. every every time they tried to thwart him, it backfired. Sure, it, it just it just made him get around him more, uh, the support. So I mean, it's sad, but he's gonna he's gonna. It was funny. He's gonna start a family with Brie Bella. He had the funny joke about when they said yeah. yes, yes, yes. He said, "Well, that's what she says a lot." It was really hysterical. You can tell me I shouldn't have said that. But uh, he's just a really likable guy. After he said that, he he laughed his ass off. And I know. Like, it was just you like, could tell he was like, like oh, uh, maybe I should maybe have should be. But she came out, and it was great, because they wouldn't allow her to come out when he won the title of WrestleMania. Uh, so that was nice. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll go hang out with him over there in PB. We'll hang <laughs> out with our pal. It's our pal, da- Brian Danielson, actually. Brian Danielson. Um, so, so you watch the uh, Daniel Bryan retiring on Raw, and you saw the aftermath. Uh, on W Networks, I didn't see what happened afterwards with all the everyone coming out Triple H and so I didn't watch. Honor. I didn't watch <clears throat> the entire part. As soon as as soon as Daniel Bryan got backstage, that's when I, I shut it off. Okay. However, all of the other wrestlers and Vince McMahon and all them remained out afterwards for a few. And uh, Titus O'Neil, as Vince McMahon was leaving, uh, 
I'm not exactly sure why he would have done it, but it wasn't a big deal. He playfully grabbed at Vince's Vince's arm as he was walking away. Um, you know, I think the mood was one of celebration and one of joy. Yeah, it definitely wasn't sad. Yeah, it wasn't sad. It was. Definitely, I mean, it was sad, but it wasn't like people. It was yeah, like no people. Celebration were, day. It was celebration. It was joy. I think the wrestlers were just kind of having fun celebrating one of their friends, and they were being themselves. And Titus O'Neil was probably acting playfully and was, you know, grabbed at Vince. I don't know what his whole, uh, the whole point was, but everyone says it was a playful grab. Titus was like, you know, laughing when he went to, you know, grab his arm. It was at the end of the broadcast. You can see it yeah. happen in Titus O'Neil. You can see him smiling. Yeah. So, uh, apparently for that grievous infraction, uh, Vince McMahon suspended Titus O'Neil initially for 90 fucking days. Now, we're talking about a guy who, by all accounts, is a really good dude, um, who does charity work, uh, who has been recognized for being a fantastic father, um, who is kind of a company man. He has never, ever been truly popular, but he's getting there now. I think he's getting... But, he, but he's always been yeah. a workhorse, and he really isn't a bad... He's actually a, a quite good wrestler for his size. Mm-hmm. Um 90 days. That's no pay. That's that's embarrassing. I mean, you're it's shaming. You're, you're shaming. And they said that, I mean, they even said so. They dropped it to 60s, is what happened. But the fucked up thing is when, when, when you read that, 60 is how long you get suspended for for your second fucking drug infraction. Now, or, you can watch this video. Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo. WWE took this video down. Because it looks bad. So basically, at the end of it, when the cameras go off for... Well, obviously, this was, again, it's not on Raw. This is on WWE Network. So Vince is walking away. He's got Stephanie in front of him. Triple H is behind him. And so you can see Titus reach his arm out and, like, grab Vince's arm and, like, kind of pull him around a little bit. And Vince flips out. And, like, you can see him push at Titus. And Titus is smiling. You can see it. And then it goes to black. face to black. And Triple H is looking around. And I guess Vince just fucking lost his mind. He, like, just lost his cool. Yeah. It's really strange because it wasn't like a typical... It wasn't like he was breaking kayfabe that much. It, it was for retirement. It was like they were all out. Like you said, they were having fun. It wasn't televised on right. Raw. So it, Vince wasn't in character. So it wasn't like... I don't think he was doing something obscene or really out of whack. It was just like, oh, it's playable. Maybe they had that sort of relationship to begin with. I would think so, or else why the hell would you do that? I mean, right? was it smart to do that? Probably not entirely smart. No, it wasn't. The, it wasn't smart, uh, but it was also harmless. It was harmless, though, in the grand scheme of things. Yes, like Vince could have turned around, smiled at him, like, you know, and then no one would have cared or known. Maybe, maybe Titus, for whatever reason, wanted to give him a fucking half hug or some shit. I mean, whichever. we don't know. But this turned me off when I found that it was originally ninety days. Now it's sixty days. This turned me off in such a way. That, like, I honestly feel like that I really, it, my level of interest in the product has dropped alone from seeing, you, you always see the stories about how Vince is behind the stage, about how if guys rub him the wrong way or whatever, he's a mean prick. Now you actually saw it yeah, with your own eyes, and it's true. Mm-hmm. He really is a piece of shit. Yeah. That can just, in a blink of an eye, try to ruin you or your career for absolutely no reason at all. And you saw it. On screen. If, if Titus O'Neil isn't at WrestleMania, I mean... Well, he's not going to be. 
because it's April 3rd and 60 days retroactively, he's just going to miss it. I'm what I'm hoping for is that they just fucking drop this because it's going to look it looks it's really, disgusting. It looks really bad it's for them. Absolutely, he was. And everyone, he's been wrestling singles matches every week on Raw, taking on the social outcast. It's not like he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, he's not wrestling with his tag team partner. He's just he's getting good pops. Yeah, you know he'd be a, a solid mid card guy. He's doing like I said, tons of charity work. He's always uh, in a suit. He's uh, for, like like the uh, what was it Susan B. Komen, the the, the, can- the breast cancer stuff. He's always doing that shit. Yeah, he's going to treat this a company there's like a, man. There's another picture. Like every picture you see of him, he's like in front of like you know one of those background banners for like uh, you know cancer research yeah. or, or boys club or he's, girls and boys club. And it's just like this is what he does. This like, is a company guy. Yeah, and you're going to treat him like this. So what I read a little bit further in was oh Susan G Cohen, not B Cohen. Yeah, and, and this this drive this this really upsets me is uh, the reason given was that Vince wanted to make an example of him because Vince wants the company to be portrayed as more straight laced and serious, and frankly, I think that is absolutely the wrong direction you want to go in. You have spent so long not listening to your fans, giving them boring matches, not giving them what you want. It's time to let your fucking guys have a little fun. And I do agree that, you know, you got to do some kayfabe when you're in the ring and you're actually on the show. You got to play your character. You got to do what you got to do. But that's not, that's, 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 that wasn't his infraction. He, it's, it's, it's not like he suddenly broke character in the middle of the ring and just started fucking off. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. whatever he was trying to do, because every report I've read of it has been like, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that. What the fuck? But also, what the fuck? Ninety days—that's stupid yeah. as shit. I, so, um, I, I, yeah, he wants he wants to use him as an example to 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 send. Oh, the other thing was to send a message to the locker room that things need to straighten up and become more serious. And it's like, fuck way, off, way fuck to, you, Vince. Way to take all the fun out of. These people's That's careers. also means it also means that now everyone's gonna have a fear of even trying to do something different well, or to talk to you about something because you're a fucking straight laced piece of trash. Yeah, and it, and it's fucked up because you just watched a guy retire for injuries he sustained, making money for you, mm-hmm. and you are telling and and, and, and a guy that questioned authority. And went against the grain, yeah. and got over in spite of you. And now you're telling people to act, act right, and shape up. So you're telling these, you're telling these guys who make money for you, I who put their, Christ. who put their bodies on the line and their brains on the line every week, that they're not allowed to have a little fun. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, and this is what people want to see. Yeah, people like when you know what you know who's the most popular people right now on the roster. New Day. Who's yeah, you know why. They break the fourth wall. They, they reference storylines that might have happened 10, 12 years ago. They play they, fucking Final Fantasy music on a trombone. I mean, it's it's. In, I mean, and that that's what's worrying me. Like you're sending a message to locker, and they okay. got over in spite of the shitty characters that were developed. Yeah. They weren't originally portrayed as these guys that are just goofy. And I love fun. all three of them. They're portrayed. They originally were portrayed as some. What the fuck is this? What is this? Nineteen ninety two. What is this? Men on a mission yeah. sort of bullshit. That's how they originally were oh, the first six months. And they broke up and got back together, I think, like a couple of times before they I, finally settled on this. So my concern is, what? okay, so who? if you're sending the message you can't have fun, then what, what's going to happen to the new day? Those guys are probably fucking jokesters and pranksters backstage. Are you mm-hmm. telling me that in, in, in your your audience, 
Don't forget, think... Vince, you have a fucking audience. Your audience probably... You're, no, not probably. Your we... audience fucking loves them. We are in the social media age now. Yeah. According to you, you the guys with Twitter. What do you think is going to happen uh, next Raw? Titus is a guy that... He's not the most popular guy, but everyone likes the guy. They'll not, chant for him. They're going to chant for him. They're going to they're gonna chant for him because everyone knows it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Vince, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know if it's because you're taking fucking supplements in your old age and it's getting in your head, but you fucking blew up by someone. Probably even Triple H is probably even saying, hey, Vince, we got to, you know, calm down and give you maybe, you know, maybe a week off or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm Vince McMahon. You're, you're the character. Triple Vince. H looks like he might have been like, Titus, you're not on Raw next week. Yeah. Vince, what the fuck? Calm yes. the fuck down. <laughs> I mean, yes, you should be disciplined for some little playful tug. Maybe Vince maybe Vince said something early day that was funny or something. The whole point is I feel really bad for Titus. He seems like guys this is really gonna hit him really hard. Well and I feel like know? he's probably feeling like why did I do that? But still at the same point the, in time it's just not something that he The punishment didn't fit the crime. No. Especially like, especially if sixty days is your second drug infraction. Yeah. Fuck uh, you, Vince. And, and of course yeah, especially when you always hear rumors of all those Randy Orton injuries yeah. that might have been a cover for something else he might have been doing. Maybe yeah. with maybe that could have been infractions with the wellness policy. But he was protected. The whole point is this. If Titus was a guy that was bigger in stature, there would have been something like this. Vince McMahon probably felt humiliated for some really weird fucking reason and felt, this is the, the what I have to do to get back at a guy like fucking Titus O'Neil, company guy. Yeah. Doing all your charity work and, you know, appearing all these places. Fuck. Just barking a lot. What's that? Barking a lot. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> he, he got over from that, basically. <laughs> Which was awful. But um, I do think he's a good wrestler. Anyway. Um, God, I, I just don't... I just feel deflated for something, from something. No, I just so feel do like... I. Because you feel bad for the guy. You f- I mean, it's obviously an overreaction. It's not like he fucking physically assaulted Vince on the runway. Shit. I feel bad. Anyway. So what I don't feel bad about is the Fuller House Netflix trailer. Yes, folks, Full House is back in the original San Francisco $8,000 a month mortgage house. Because San Francisco is expensive to live. So what's happened is uh, DJ has uh, three boys of her own. <laughs> and um, I guess what happens is it's revealed that her, similar to the original Full House, is that her, her husband dies. And so she has no one to help her take care of the kids. So Stephanie uh, helps come back in. And Kimmy, the dorky Kimmy, and they're going to raise the kids... Just together. Like, together, just like uh, just like the, the boys used to back in the day. <laughs> just, just like uh, you know, Uncle, uh, just like Joey. Joey, and Jesse, and... Jesse, and the, what's the, what was the dad's name? I forget. S- Sally, Jesse, Raphael. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I used to love Full House. This, what was interesting about this was that they try to keep almost the exactly same tone it's like and writing style. Yeah. What's that? It's like beat for beat. Yes, which I actually have to applaud them for doing that. That alone, to take a show that's been off the air for like 20 years and to have the same set but same actors and give it the same sort of comedic styling, you know what? I'm going to applaud that because why not, if that's for your audience, go out and get it again. I Okay, so I have no interest in it. I thought the trailer was fairly painful to watch, although Stephanie Tanner definitely looks good these days. She's... Well, she's had some, I think, work done in the past. Oh, really? I didn't, I, didn't even, I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. but uh, I, I did. <laughs> but uh, that, yes, I think that's well documented. Okay. Um, <laughs> whatever. But she did look like, wow, 
She's the one, right? Yeah. Because I, I never, I never thought she, when I was younger, like I never thought she was hot when I was seven. Cute. But so this is not my thing at all. The, the trailer made me cringe a bunch of times. But much like you, there is something I respect about it, and it's the look. It's not just the set. It looks like an old school sitcom. I believe there was even like a laugh track. I think it was a live studio audience. Yeah, a live, was, yeah a live, I think there's a live studio audience. They always audience. what they call sweet in it, but it was a live studio audience. And there are definitely like set sets. So it's the same, I, like the same set. Yeah, I like. mean, I I honestly think that that's that one aspect of it is really cool. Um, but I, I mean, I'm never gonna watch this. Yeah, little people don't know that the Brady Bunch came back in the '80s. Oh yeah. With this, like, really fucked up weird melodrama show mm-hmm. that was totally a different tone and style of, of the first, like, like Bobby got AIDS or a disease or something, and there was, like, domestic abuse in it. So it's like, that sounds horrific. If you like the original Brady Bunch, I wouldn't want to watch that. I'd have nightmares. So it's not like they're doing something like that with this. Like doing a, They're just doing the same show, but 20 years later, and bringing all the characters are back, except for... Uh, uh, the Michelle character, because Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen uh, said they weren't interested, but I think one of them left the door open to appear, and in the trailer they're calling her in New York, so it's explained. So this shit, I'll she'll get back to me season two or whatever. I'm but, sure that one of them will make at least a cameo. Yeah, I, I mean, why not? I mean, their star's got to be falling. It's not like well, they're they're like they're almost billionaires. So I don't think they need to. No, they don't yeah. need to. But I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's not like they're doing anything. No, they're just hanging out and they have their video and fashion empire at this point. Uh, but it was, it's one of those things that they were so young that maybe they don't, they don't feel the same affinity towards it. That sure. like, you know, but they, they probably don't even really remember. Uh, but for, 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 yeah, exactly. But what I, what I, what I hear is that the, the pilot episodes, like an, like an hour reunion with everyone. But after that, it's really the three female characters and it takes off from there with their three sons, you know, so Lori Laughlin looked amazing too. Mm-hmm. Twenty, I, she like, didn't look any different. She, yeah, you're right. She, like she looked. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Am I? Is this? Is it? What is this part of the trailer? Or is this like a flashback? To, like <laughs> yeah. the old episode to like transition or yeah, something? She no, kept you the look, tight. Yeah. She kept it tight. And, and Josh Stane was does like he hasn't aged that much, but no. you know, uh, you know, other characters here and there maybe they have, but uh, Kimmy looked pretty cool. I don't know. I'll, I'll check. You know, I'll watch at least the review. I think I'm. I'll, I used to love Full House. I probably watched the first three or four seasons on uh, TGIF. I, have, uh, I just so, I, I have no ABC. real memories of it. So like as now, much as I think want, uh, a perfect strangers for you, and I'm fucking there to do perfect strangers. I'm I'm fucking... would, I'd be there. Standing tall. All right, cousin Larry. All right, Q and A time on the CU podcast. This is from at CLB Gamer. Do you think the new Doom is important for the AAA first person shooters like it was in '93, or will it be passed off like Doom Three was? Interesting. Um, my take on this is that. <clears throat> Doom didn't do anything for AAA first-person shooters in 93 because that wasn't really a thing. It broke first-person shooters into the mainstream. Now, yes, there were first-person shooters before Doom, but Doom was the one that was like, okay, this is a genre, it's here, it was big, it was badass, it was fun as shit. But it had that weird graphic style, like Super Nintendo. No, like Jurassic fucking Four Roo. people out there are going to understand get, that, get that joke. <laughs> um, so... No, I don't think this is going to be super important for AAA FPS titles, uh, because I think it's going to be going after a completely different audience. For instance, I am totally going to buy Doom 4. I don't buy first-person shooters. Uh, I'm buying Oh, Doom- so you will buy it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was turned off by Doom 3. 
uh, way back. I, I, Doom Four looks like it's going to fix a lot of those issues. So I, I will I will buy Doom Four day one, um, and I think I will have fun with it. I don't. I, I really don't see it grabbing the same audience as I think this person's what? referring to. This is not going to grab the Battlefield or the no. um, or the the Call of Duty. Or the Medal of Honor, or even maybe the Star Wars, the new Star Wars Battlefront audience. This is going to be something very different. Yeah, I mean, what, what, has it already been like eleven years since Doom Three? When did Doom? It's been a long time. Two thousand four, or I, five, I or three. It's been a while. So even by then, Doom yeah. was Doom was running a little bit. But all right, well, it's it's been a while since Final Doom, which I thought was Doom Three. It always made sense for that would be Doom Three. Anyway, so. Doom 3 wasn't that critically acclaimed. I remember I played it for like two hours. I'm like, this doesn't feel like Doom. It's just like I'm walking in hallways. They're like this. It's like I'm walking in my house shooting demons. It's, it's like, it's, I, it, I didn't love it. It's 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 better if you play with like the you know one of like the duct tape mods that leaves your flashlight on at all times. Sure. Um, but anyways, I mean that that's my opinion on it. I, I, uh, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna light what, the world on fire. Yeah, I mean when you say is is it important to the AAA? First-person shooters. I mean, the Doom space has been filled in by so many other games. Right. That sort of horror first-person shooters. What's that ghost one in space? Dead space. It's not yeah. first-person though. But you see what? There's just there's so many other games out there that sort of do that sort of uh, sort in that same sort of mold. So I mean, it's not like when Doom came out, it was like, all right, it's horror first-person shooter. Yeah, some you know, it's cool graphic style. All right, this doesn't exist anymore. Now it's like there's so many first-person shooters. It's not like the genre is not the genre. The genre isn't new anymore, right? It's pl- it's played out. And I think Doom Four is probably going to be. I think they're going to play it safe with Doom Doom Four, and they're going to try to make it more of what it once was. I think they're going to try to recapture a feel, which means that it's not going to give uh, the the genre a shot in the arm. I don't think it's going to try to reinvent the wheel. It might be like how Quake Four, no one gave a shit, shit about. Does anyone, well, actually, I mean, I, I people are excited for Doom Four. They weren't excited they are, for Quake Four. Quake Four came and gone like in a month. No one gave a shit. Yep, it, it, that game dropped to five bucks so quick it was ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so it's gonna be, but it's gonna be another like reimagining how like Doom Three was, or it's gonna be actually like a sequel. You know, or it's gonna retell the same game for the third time. Yeah, that, that's all I'll be interested in. Who knows? This is from at Van Dave Van Dam Net. What is Pat's workout routine, and does he have any advice for noobs trying to get in shape? Okay. I, I won't go through my routine so much. I'm not sure if you're asking this for advice. I don't think my routine is going to help you uh, for what I do. But I go to the gym like five, six days a week, which will probably go too much if I should cut it down. Um, because I'm just Not because I'm getting too ripped, because I'm actually exhausted a lot, and I don't think it's doing much going to the gym six days a week. I always say uh, like four. Four. I should definitely cut the five then. Anyway. Uh, but if you really... My best advice for trying to get in the shape... Uh, because I've done it and this works, is the easiest thing to do is cut out the absolute shit that you're drinking. It's the easiest thing to cut out sodas, lemonades, iced teas, any sugary beverage. Get rid of that shit immediately. That's what everyone says. I mean, and that's what I always tell people too. Like, just don't. It's not like people come to me for health advice, but yeah, you're... People drink so much of so much calories. So much of their calories comes from the drinks they don't even think twice about. And it's not just that; it's easier. You don't need it. It's not like you ha- okay. You have to eat stuff. Yeah, that I understand. You don't have to drink sugary shit. Mm-mm. It's just a weird sort of addiction. So you can go. I went to diet originally. When I got rid of that shit. But now I, I don't even drink diet so anymore. I I, I just drink. Uh, like Crystal Geyser, like a, a flavored mineral water. Oh, you and I both love mineral oh, water. Yeah. Mineral water is one of my favorite things. That's what I was drinking tonight. Yeah. Um, I like. I really like unsweetened iced tea. 
Sure. Which has, like, oh, yeah. no calories in it. Like a, or like very a, few. Like a black tea or something that's unsweetened? Yeah, that fucking... Well, the Crystal Geyser tea that you can get at Barron's. Is Crystal Geyser tea? The, well, the Tejava that you had in Oh, there? that's Crystal Geyser? That's Crystal Geyser. Oh, that's delicious. No, no idea. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. Um, this this segment brought to you right by to Crystal Geyser. Um, there's flavored... There's flavored... I, I drink some flavored waters that maybe have a little bit of a fake sugar substitute in it, but they're like, it tastes like there's like an orange mango one that actually has a vitamin B in it. Seltzer? Seltzer? Like, yeah. Flavored seltzers? Um, if you live in the Northeast and you want to cut pop out of your diet... Uh, get like polar seltzer. It, it there's no sweetener in it, and it tastes freaking delicious. So I would say start there. That's the easiest thing. That that's so easy that even if you do that, if you drink, you'll probably cut a few pounds just by doing that alone. By doing that, but then you can work into okay, yes, cut down on carbs. That's a cliche, but it does make sense. Uh, there's no reason to eat a lot of bread if you're unless you're uh, or a lot of pasta unless you're going to be exercising. Uh, remember. Uh, Fat's not any worse than carbs, because carbs will turn into fat if you don't use it as energy. It just takes a little longer. So it's actually, like, when you see stuff that says sugar-free, it's not better. It's not better to eat sugar-free ice cream than ice cream that has fat. You'd actually rather eat the ice cream with fat, because your body can at least know how to break it down than something that's a carbohydrate. And I'm getting a little technical. But anyway, that's how I'm going to start with, in terms of exercise routine, just, if you never did anything, just, just go out and walk. Go outside and do a walk. Just walk briskly. I mean, if but your it, goal is to lose weight, I mean, it's just just cardio. Just, just yeah. Go out, yeah, just walk around. If 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 you're going, you know, uh, five blocks to a store, walk it. Don't don't drive it. Just walk around. Go to go to the swap meet and walk around. You know, if you want to do something that's just strength, you never did it. You know, do push-ups every day. You never start off being doing anything well or being able to do anything. Everyone starts off not being able to do three push-ups. Everyone until you start doing push-ups. Then you gain strength. Uh, I remember, remember, I had a pull-up bar in New Jersey. I couldn't do a pull-up for a week and a half. Every day was just me literally trying to do one pull-up. Well, they always, I mean, they always say if you can't, <coughs> if you can't actually do the full motion, you you pull it and you squeeze it and as you, much you can. Yeah, and you basically, I mean, you're still breaking down the muscle. Yeah. So just try to do it, and it will get easier. That's my best advice. And then you know, yeah, cut out the sugary drinks. That's I, that's the best thing. I'm glad I did that. Let's try to keep this one shorter. <laughs> uh, this is from J and LB <coughs> J and L bookkeeper. Uh, do YouTubers really deserve the million dollar paychecks? <laughs> well, no, I don't think anyone anyone's actually writing them paychecks. No. To me, this is the same question as: Do athletes deserve billions of dollars? Yes. Do movie stars earn deserve millions of dollars? If their works, if you don't think their work is worth that much, that's fine, but someone else does. Right. Enough to give them that money or have them be able to earn that money. Because YouTubers earn that money. They don't, they're not under contract. They have to produce to get that cash uh, through all those views. So, very few YouTubers earn millions of dollars. Millions right. of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, it comes down to if you're... There's this weird sort of, I don't, it's almost, it's not even social, it's co- this sort of communist thought I see on YouTube about what I think people should be making money or what, how I think people should be earning money that I see associated with YouTube and YouTube, which is just really strange and sanctimonious to me to see that I decide what I think is what YouTube should be for and why it exists and what the value is. 
and not how people are actually using it or want to use it. It's sure. just sort of a strange mindset. And again, it goes back to, I don't think that baseball players should be paid $5 million a year or $10 million a year. Well, people want to see him play baseball, and they're yeah. buying lots of tickets. It's, and he's getting endorsement deals from Gatorade because people like him. It, you know, Who are you to say how someone should be earning money when it comes to that? I don't, I don't like... I don't like PewDiePie. I mean, that's been made known. But uh, the one thing I I don't begrudge him is is the money he makes. Um, I I I think that he's making it with very little talent. But people want to see him, and he wouldn't be making that money if he wasn't doing something right to a certain group, uh, a, a certain demographic, and that might be kids. But he's making that money because there is a market for what he does, and I cannot begrudge him that money just because I don't personally like his content. In entertainment, especially in sp- <clears throat> in sports and in entertainment, they are decided mostly by talent when it comes down to um, if people want to see you um, and you're already out there and you can earn, you're going to earn. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, if you're a sports star and you play well, you're going to earn. If you're a YouTuber, you get views, people like your stuff. Now, obviously, it's not a total level playing field like it is with sports. Sports is probably the most level playing field there is. If you're great, people are going to want you for your team. It's a little bit different when YouTube is hard to get exposure, blah, blah, blah. But you see what I'm saying. Yes. There's, if, there, if there's an audience for you, it's not like it's manufactured. It's there because people like your stuff. Yeah. Now, how you got there, that could be a whole myriad of ways. But just just let the mar- the markets exist. Let them play out. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, it shouldn't bother you that uh, YouTube ex- exists and people make money off it. Now, before you say, well, YouTube wasn't originally designed for that, you fucking asshole who doesn't know anything, uh, YouTube was uh, funded with investors from the very beginning mm-hmm. of its inception. It wasn't like uh, two guys are like, hey, let's just build this free thing that's going to uh, house you know, uh, trillions of gigabytes of data y- you know, for free just so everyone can upload videos of their dog pooping on the floor. They made YouTube to make money, asshole. That's why YouTube exists. Is it fun? Is it great? Yes. Is it free for everyone to use? Yes. It was designed to make money. Not just to see dogs poop on the floor. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Okay. (laughs) This is from at Mr. Underscore Perfect. Probably one more underscore. Do you think if Wii U had proper online like PS4 slash Xbox One, kids w- then kids wouldn't view the system as quote unquote uncool? Um, uncool. I don't know a whole lot of kids who don't who view the Wii U as uncool. They either just don't pay attention to it or they're they're playing something else. Um, proper online. I'm not exactly sure what you mean here, but I'm guessing you probably mean like. Uh, an open system uh, browser access, that sort of thing, maybe better. Uh, the the Wii U, I'm gonna, I'll admit it, has a slightly convoluted system. I don't quite get, you know, the Miiverse and stuff, but connects me to games. I can play Mario Kart 8 online. I can play Smash online. I can play Splatoon online. Um, uh, unlike some people, I've I've never really experienced any issues with connectivity uh, at home. Only on certain nights. Uh, so, I guess what I, I'm going to say this: No one viewed the Xbox 360 as uncool, and the Xbox 360 did not have "quote unquote" proper online. 
And like I said, I'm, I, I'm still not entirely sure what proper online means, but the Xbox 360, uh, Xbox, uh, Xbox Live, was a entirely closed network. So other than, you know, GUI stuff, like... It, it was essentially what the Wii U's online is now. Do they are they phrasing this question like have like communication and easier to add friends versus having the weird codes and stuff? Maybe that's there's, what they there's mean? no codes on the Wii U. Oh, it's just maybe the name. Okay, maybe, no, maybe, maybe, maybe communication. Maybe, just maybe, communication. Maybe, maybe communication. Maybe that's what they mean. Um, yeah, maybe. But to me, that's also what makes at least. Um, I guess I'm not a kid, but that's what makes the Wii U cool. I don't have to fucking throw on a headset when I want to play a game, you know, and listen to a oh. bunch of bullshit chatter. The option would be nice, though. The right? option would be nice. Uh, but no, I don't... I don't. Nintendo's online is never great. I'm not trying to say that the Wii U's online is perfectly fine. It's not. But I don't think it's bad. I think it's a step in the right direction, and I don't think it would have helped the Wii U any more had it been, um, you know, on the same level as the PS4 Xbox One. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. I... I think it comes down to just the software. That's how you view if a, if a system's cool to you or not. Sure. If Wii U had proper third-party support, you know, I, I think it'd be a whole new ball game. And I'm praying it, the NX has to fix that. They just have to. I think Nintendo realizes how much money they lost by not being able to have a freaking GTA Five on their system. You know what I mean? Like they, they have to rectify that with their next system. They need not just to get the, not just get them to, to to promise. Like remember, EA promised. Oh yeah, we'll support the Wii U. Then didn't do it. They have to come out with the proper tools and reach out to those third party developers and I don't know, cuddle their balls so that they make these games for the system. They have to do whatever it takes. Uh, yeah, yes, whatever it takes to get GTA Six on, <laughs> on Nintendo NX. <laughs> Just loop that, Ian, doing that for 20 <laughs> minutes as a video. That would be great. I'm sure someone will. <laughs> All right. And, um, I should probably ask this because I'm going to have to describe the question anyways because it's long. Uh, so. Okay, I was going to read it, but okay. So uh, CPX and CPXN asked us a longer question, and it's kind of timely because I've actually been thinking about it at work. Um, so basically... Cardboard 32 Xboxes have two parts, an outer sleeve, which has the box art and game info on it, and the inner guts, which are identical for all 32X cardboard boxes, and house the cartridge manual and any other stuff. My question is, if I have a valuable game where the outer sleeve is in great condition, but the inside part is beat up, would it be considered cheating to swap the sleeve to a case with a bet with better insides? And obviously switch the cartridges and stuff to the new case. Now that reads a little bit different than I than I had thought. It's not a um, repro. He means I have the yeah, inside. So, he's saying I have, I have a Spider-Man Web of Fire, <clears throat> and then I have a shitty uh, what the Moto Rotor yeah. fucking game, and I switch the inside. So no, box. I, I mean at, at, at that I absolutely do not feel like it's cheating. You're taking one official inside insert and uh, you know putting it in another one, and it, it's it that I think is totally fine. They're exactly the same, right? There's no marks right, on no marks. No, no difference. N- yep. Serial number. Who fucking cares? It's the same. It's like if you uh, lost a boot to a Super yeah. Nintendo game and bought another yeah. boot and and, and and put it on. What I thought he had originally asked, and I'm just going to bring it up because I had really been pondering it. I thought he was asking initially when I first read this, if someone had made an identical cardboard insert and used it, would I, that be considered cheating? I think and, that's a more interesting question. And I fucking don't know. I've been going over this in my head for days because here's why. Um, We've been doing inventory at work. I talked about that at the beginning. And there are some... There are different PlayStation 2 cases. Um, 
There are some different like Xbox cases. Uh, you can tell sometimes when a when a when a when a case has been swapped with a with a different case, uh, or used like with just a generic DVD case. And I've been wondering, much like when we talk about repro labels, which I firmly uh, still stand against, um, is that going to be something that people need to look out for? Uh, is that considered cheating? Um, if a game came in a PlayStation 2 case that had the memory card uh, holder at the top, but they later put it into, for whatever reason it broke, they pulled the insert out and the game out, and they put it still in another Sony case, but one without that, that, that holder at the top. At this point, is, is this going to affect collecting? Is this cheating? I, I think I have somewhat of an answer. I think it depends upon <clears throat> how unique or rare that part is. Right. So if I go out and I get that PS2 game, say it's a rare PS2 game, and it had the, the holder. Right. But I could find that, <clears throat> but the, the copy I'm having doesn't have that holder. It's a generic one. Yeah. But if I could find that case easily in another cheap game, I don't think it affects the value. No. At it, that point. So that's because it's not this... Because it's not a rare or unique item to right. that game. And that's the same thing with what I said about this. If you... If, if, if a game... If a very rare game had a case with a holder and you got it in a case without a holder, but then you just bought a Madden that had a yes. holder because it's the same I, exact case. I think replacement value has a lot to do with it. However, once you get repro into the picture, I think it goes into another direction. Yes. It probably is still the same as replacement value, though. So, again, if I had the 32X game and it was a web of fire, I had the outer slip, but the inside yellow box is a repro, I got to figure, okay... I can buy any 32x game, a cheap one for four bucks, and replace it. To me, then that's the value less of what it should be, like four bucks. Yeah, it's different than a label, which was unique to the different game. than a label, which is unique to the game, game and, and they never had replacement. And you can't and get it, was it unique, and you can't get another label unless you buy a whole other game. But or you can't get another box unless you buy another box. But if you cobbled together, I mean, if if you have a copy of Final Fantasy VII and that case is crushed to fucking shit, but you can get another case just like it, open it up, put the back insert in. Sure. Put the Put the front or, insert in. It, it's it's a Sony brand case. It's the, it, there's it, there's well, no difference. You can buy those double CD yeah. cases online though. If, 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 it's, if it's that's another question. If that's exactly the same as that though, it's not. Is it a repro or just a new run? No. Or, or is it marked differently? That's a sketchier area. But again, yeah, you can find any uh, PS1 game with a yeah, double or so many. It, so ordering it. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how much I care. This is like what I said. I've been going over in my head, but. Is it if you unique? order the case that make if you order a case from a third party company that is where a question mark appears. However, if you just took another shitty double disc PlayStation game and used that as a donor case, I don't see the I th- problem. I think I fall back to: Is it unique? Yeah. Is it a unique piece? Even if it's a if if it's a repro, but if it's a fucking okay, so uh, a Trouble Graphics game has a Hue card case, which is really the two ends are just a CD case. Yes. Yes, the black part that goes in folds in with the hue card, but the back and front are a generic c- CD case. There's nothing special about it. No. So if you need, I mean, so if I swapped it out, to me, it's not unique to it. If you crack, the, if you crack the front of it and you replace it with another jewel case, front, yes. I don't see any difference. I don't because it's any not. Issue. I think it comes down to is it unique? I think that's where yes. you can draw the line. Fair enough. Uh, with that. All right. This is our last question for the uh, the evening. This is from David C. Kenyon. Uh. What are Ian's biggest pet peeves at work, and what are Pat's biggest pet peeves at the flea market? Okay. Uh, some of my biggest pet pe- oh, I mean, it's obvious when you have... Um, it's not just people pricing stuff off eBay. That's a little easy. I don't. I think it's people that 
not only price things off of eBay prices that could be high, but they don't realize the market on eBay versus what they're selling. So it's one thing to price off eBay if they're trying to sell Super Mario Kart. It's another thing to price off eBay if you're selling like a Sega Saturn game that no one wants. Right. Or a uh, Odyssey 100 Pong system that no one wants. eBay is the entire world is your is your potential buying audience. Uh, flea market, it's those thousand people that show up that day. That's it. Then it's done. So you have to price accordingly. Especially if it's still there. Especially if it's a fucking 2600 in games that have been sitting out literally for 10 months and no one still is buying them. Then you have to rethink how you're pricing stuff. <laughs> That's a pet peeve. Another pet peeve, I think, I don't know. It's, I know people want, want to show off. Hell, I show off stuff that I found on the swap meet. But don't think you put one over on me if you found something you got to deal. I, I, I want to be, be happy you found something. That's why I'm there, too. To me, it's more about the collective experience. I don't know. Unless you're a dirty sort of uh, warrior reseller, then all right, I, I don't want you to find anything. But most, most of all, though, I'm happy you got something. You know, don't yeah. don't feel like I got something. It's not like it's not always. I mean, of course, it's a competition, but everyone can't always find everything themselves and can't always buy everything themselves. So that's that's from the pet peeves, but I don't know. It's just stuff that bothers me uh, a lot. You know, just be. I mean, just don't 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 price those those freaking 1987 DOS games, thinking they're you know they're worth a ton of money just because they're sealed. No one wants them, right? Uh, trust me, if I'm <clears> saying to you. Uh, and I've bought from you before. This is usually how it works for this stuff. Don't always think I'm trying to take you for a ride. Because a lot of times, most of the time, all the time, I'm really not. Because a lot of times I'm telling you a price of something, I don't want it myself. And I'm being honest about the price. Or or how or how quickly you can sell it. So, anyway. Um... I, I can list off uh, three real quick, uh, and I'm I'm also not going I'm I'm not going to go with obvious ones because those aren't pet peeves. Pet peeves to me are like things that really get under your skin and just annoy you. Um, you know, I mean, people asking for discounts outright is not that's not Sorry, what I'm thinking Sorry. of. Sorry. Um, so for me, uh, one, um, the first two are trade and related. Uh, when people bring their shit in. And it's completely an unorganized mess. Uh, when like when it literally comes in in a trash bag, and I have to unknot cords for five six oh, minutes fun. before I even get to test your system. How much of the sweet? I mean, some of these people are coming straight from storage units with with Rubbermaid bins, but I just feel like it's only polite, and it's only going to help these people get out of there quicker to open it up. You take the six to ten minutes at home to tie up these fucking cords and at least bring it in in some sort of shape where I can easily pull out what you have and assess it. Now, obviously, if you're bringing in a massive trade-in and you're, uh, you're unloading an entire collection, I understand a little disorganization. But if you're trading me a PS2 and 15 games and three controllers and, um, you know, uh, an NES, uh, you know, it all fits in a box. Take the minute to organize it. The second one is uh, related to that when people uh, call up and, uh, you know, they ask if we take X, Y, or Z system. And I say yes. And it's always like it needs to have its controller, uh, its power cord, its video cord. Uh, I have to test it out. And it needs to be in good cosmetic shape. I make it very clear that it has to be in good cosmetic shape. And people come in 
all the time with PS2s that are missing their front face plates or they've got like dings and cracks on them. Um, you know, Xbox 360 controllers that have the rubbers ripped right off of them. And I'm like, I, I can't take this. And they're like, well, why not? It still works. And it, I, I look at them and I go, would you buy this? Can I give them a discount rate? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, <clears throat> no. I mean, I mean, a lot of this stuff doesn't even have parts that we can use. Like, uh. if, so- if someone brought me an, an NES and it was totally fucking destroyed, I'd probably still buy it for the tray and maybe the pin connector if the pin connector seemed decent. Just because those are two salvageable parts, and I do need the trays a lot. Um, and then my, uh, my last pet peeve, and this is a real fucking big one, is when people in the store act like they work there. Um, it's one thing if someone's at the counter, I'm at the counter, and somehow it comes up that they really like Fallout 3. And I'm talking about liking Fallout 3. And someone else at the store who's walking around wants to just chat, and they jump in, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I like Fallout 3 too. It's one thing to have a discussion. It's a completely different thing when people are asking me about like prices on games or differences between systems, and every time I open my mouth, someone else fucking jumps in and has the answer. And it's and and it happens way more than you'd think. And I I, I I don't like to do it, but I turn and I always have to look at these people and go, Let me do my job, please. You don't work here. Because there are people who do that and it's all the time. And every time this person asks me a question, I can't get the answer out, or I get the answer out, and the other person starts talking over me. And the reason it's bad is, sorry, Ian. these people are annoying who are doing it, and the person who's at the counter doesn't necessarily know that this person who's just out on the floor, especially if they're not holding a game or something in their hands, they don't know that this, necessarily that this person doesn't work mm-hmm. there, which makes us look bad if they're annoying this customer, like, constantly talking over They think we're just these fucking jokers, which is another reason why I have to say, please let me do my job because I have to make sure that the person I'm talking to knows that I'm the one who works here and is trying to give them service and that this person's just being rude and won't shut up. And that's, and that, that would be like probably my, my current biggest one. <laughs> how does that, how does that happen? All the fucking time. <laughs> All the fucking Well, you're time. so likable when people want to be around you, I guess. That's how it is. <laughs> I don't. That's not it. It's just like I understand these people want to socialize, and that's fine. Like I said, I don't care if you socialize. If we're talking about a game you like, jump right on in, but don't don't get between me and a customer when we're discussing business. All right. Okay. I'm sorry for recommending an NES game to that girl or trying to. I don't know that you did, oh. or if you did, it wasn't when I was talking to her. Oh. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. All right, that's it for the CU podcast. This two and a half hour extravaganza. We've been doing two and a half hours the past Jesus couple times. Christ. Find us on iTunes and my website because I'm not sure you can find us anywhere else <laughs> currently because of the DDoS protection on my site, which has been getting attacked for two weeks, and that's why uh, some some places like Stitcher are having a hard time picking up the podcast. Two Vassar, weeks. That's bizarre. I can't do so, anything about that. I've been pissing off people high and low. Maybe some scumbag subs of the week. Oh, we got a we got a Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash pixel sickle uh, for the podcast you can watch the entire video uh, about a day after we record it <clears throat> a day and a half as well you can watch the entire video podcast in its, tar- in its entirety including our Patreon preamble as I call it when we talk before the podcast really begins and as well as uh, you know the awkward segues and transitions so for Ian Ferguson toodles I'm Pat Contry we'll see you in two weeks oh yeah my, my book you can email me you can pre-order yourself alright bye